Hey y'all, this is Friends Off Topic. Every week we release an episode about a movie chosen by you guys, our listeners. Every Tuesday we have our movie voting up on our Facebook page, Friends Off Topic Podcast. Spoiler alert, we retell the movie working in facts about the actors, trivia about the movies, lots of off-topic things that we find interesting, or rabbit holes and deep dives that we go down while researching the movie. Send us questions and comments to friendsofftopic at gmail.com or message us on Facebook. We love to hear from you, and we do shout-outs to our participating audience members. We get our facts compiled from Wikipedia, IMDb, that's the Internet Movie Database, actor interviews, director commentary, and if it's from somewhere else on the Internet, we will let you know our source. Sometimes I laugh, sometimes I'm like, what the fuck? That's right. Get out your terrifying clown dolls, child-eating trees, and some baby wipes for all that ectoplasm. (laughs) This week we watched, you're jamming my frequencies, poltergeist. I love all the... All of it? All of it. Where'd you think the baby wipes were going? I I had no idea where we were going (laughs) with that. I was like, "Mm, for all the messes? That's right. (laughs) They're here. What's our movie about? Strange and creepy happenings beset an average California beset? family. Beset. Is that what I said? Yeah. Beseech? No. <laughs> they beset them. I you don't know. You want me to finish it? Or? <laughs> sure. <laughs> the Freelings, Steve, Diane, teenage Dana, eight-year-old Robbie, and five-year-old Carol Ann, when ghosts commune with them through the television set. Initially friendly and playful, the spirits turn unexpectedly menacing, and when Carol Ann goes missing, Steve and Diane turn to a parapsychologist and eventually an exorcist for help. She was an exorcist? I suppose that's what How unnecessary says. was Dana? <laughs> she was there just to, <laughs> to have a teen. I think she was there just so you know they had a kid. In high school. I like how at the end of the movie, you can see a giant red oh, yeah. on her neck. So I saw that she wasn't really, she was the stepdaughter of the mom. Um, I have it in my notes somewhere. Okay. Because when you add up the ages, it yeah, doesn't Yeah, she would have been right. 16. Yeah. When she had her. Yeah. Which, I mean, I was there. I hear but, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think she was there just to like round out the family of little just kids. Just so you have a teenager teenagers. who's... She was a lot of comic relief to me. Yeah, she was random. I thought she was pretty funny. This movie is nail-biting, ominous, and mysterious. Oh. I could see that. I think that maybe nail-biting back then, possibly, because it's not now. I I did have some high anxiety moments. I found it to be really funny. Got that sniffle. Something jumped. Something made me jump. Up your nose. Oh, the <laughs> freaking clown, dude! When he's behind that clown, when he's behind him, and he just grabs him. It's I loved that part. So, what did uh, people think about it? The ratings: we got a seven point three out of ten on IMDb, eighty-eight percent tomato meter, and seventy-nine percent audience score. So, loved it. Pretty good. I, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I like it. Um, the budget was ten point seven million, and the worldwide gross was seventy seven million. Oh, good for them! 
Yeah, I did enjoy watching it again. I'm not one to truly enjoy rewatching anything, but oh, I did enjoy watching it again. The only thing I like to watch is <laughs> a rewatch. That's our whole podcast. I understand. <laughs> I do. I'm just so like, hate, so I you hate, hate rewatching podcast. things. This podcast is stupid. I'm a one and done. That's it. I don't um, even like leftovers. I have, Leave to, it shout alone. Out, I have to shout out Glenn. <laughs> Glenn oh from yes, the gym. Glenn. He says all our Glenn voices from the gym. are soothing. Yes, Glenn from CrossFit. Glenn from CrossFit. <laughs> he said all our voices are soothing, and one of us sounds like Delilah. I don't know who Delilah is, but oh, we're gonna need to hey know. There, Delilah. I was like, oh, is that her? I, I don't know. Like, I didn't know what she sounded like. It's definitely not me. Initially, I thought Black voice. Doll, y'all, and then I was just like, oh, that's is creepy. That, is that <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even know what she would sound like. The sexy, soothing voices for you. Oh, that's very Dan. sexy. It sounds good. Glenn. What's his name? His name is Glenn. Glenn. I don't think Dan listens to us. <laughs> He's too busy fixing people's teeth. Oh, Got you. Nice. It's a good thing to do. I will make sure to tell him that I talked about on here, though. <laughs> All right. So the director, Toby Hooper, who did the Texas Chainsaw Massacres 1 and 2. Salem's Lot, the miniseries, and The Mangler. Uh, the writer, Steven Spielberg, I don't think I need to tell you the things that he done, but I will. He had The Goonies. He did it all. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And something else, I'm sure. So on those, he was the writer and not just the director. Like yeah. when, I, when I looked it up. Yeah, that's that, was what I a do. Whole, that was a whole I'll look for the debacle. writer and I have to like click on writer when i do he wasn't allowed to direct two movies but he still was there like every fucking day directing because what was the other movie you're talking about ain't he steven spielberg yeah steven spielberg was not supposed to direct this movie but he basically directed this movie i don't understand why he wasn't supposed to it had something to do with contractually like he couldn't do so he just did it anyway yeah like nice. he was there every day, but as far as paperwork is concerned, Toby was the director, but Spielberg yeah, there was, was there every day. There was like a big uh thing about it mm-hmm. that Spielberg kind of said that he directed it and then he kind of apologized later. And like people debate. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, like on the some of the actors say really Spielberg did it, and then some of the other people say really Hooper did it, and then Spielberg like came out and published like an apology Good. publicly Hooper, about Hooper it. Hooper can handle his own shit. Yeah, and they said that he gave in a lot because he was pretty new and who's gonna argue with Steven Spielberg? Like if exactly. he offered something, they pretty much did it. Yeah. Okay, uh, I got a couple other writers. Uh Michael Grace, I think I'm saying that right. G R A I S. So he did Cool World, Poltergeist Two, and the newest Poltergeist, and then Mark Victor, who did the exact same thing as Michael Grace. Oh, and um Spielberg wrote the new Poltergeist too, or at least wrote part of it. That's very cool. I heard um, that it was not good on the ratings. It was okay. Oh, I mean, you watched it? Yeah. Not recently when it came out. It was all right. I wasn't wowed or anything. Oh. Doesn't sound that good. I've got... Uh, <laughs> this one wowed me. Some sequels. We got Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, which came out in 1986. Poltergeist 3, 1988. Poltergeist Legacy, the TV series that ran from 96 to 99. And then the remake of Poltergeist, which came out in 2015. Oh, it was old then. I thought it was like last year that it came out. No. 
I'm, I'm behind the times. <laughs> I thought they were coming out yeah. with a new one, but it's the Exorcist that they came out with. Yeah, yeah they just with, came out yeah. with that one, and then they're going to have another one. Yeah. The Redeemer or something. Yeah. Believer. So this was in 1982. Let's see what was happening. That's when Thriller came out, the album. That's whenever Tylenol capsules were laced with potassium cyanide and killed seven people in Chicago. I remember that. (laughs) I remember hearing about that because I was not alive yet. I did hear about it. Three years later. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Hey, didn't the time go back? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I got an extra hour of sleep and it doesn't feel like I got an extra hour of sleep. Oh, yeah. It is the extra hour. We woke up at 530. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Somebody was talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> that was when the first episode of Late Night came out with David Letterman. That was when the first CD player was sold in Japan. Wow. The average income was $21,500. That's shameful. That's a little bit less than what I make. The average rent was $320 <laughs> and gas was 91 cents. Can I get that back? $324 rent? Can we go back? Yeah, <laughs> really. Stamps were 20 cents. Cheese puffs were 89 cents. I love and cheese I, puffs. I'm like, uh, the lately when I go to a gas station, you can't even get any bag of chips for less than two forty nine. Yeah. No. They don't even have like a small, small bag. Yeah. You had to go to Walmart to get them for 50 cents now. Mm-hmm. It hurts. <laughs> you could just go to the grocery store and get a real snack. Like I was a, excited like when they came up. out with, what is it, Planners that has the cheese balls? I love those. those the, do they taste like the ones, the, the old school ones? I, I used to love just sucking on them until <laughs> they like melt in your mouth. We used to like to let the cheese puffs get stale when I was a kid and eat them stale. So many jokes in there that I just decided just not che- to go. You just chew <laughs> on them while they get stuck in your teeth. Yeah, just they're great. Uh, you just have orange, stinky teeth. I am not. Um, what? Did you see for <laughs> Halloween, they had the mini cheese balls? Yes. They're Dude, they so have, good. They have Those mini Doritos, good. too, that come <gasps> in like we the Pringle sh- pack. We shared the little oh. cheese balls with our uh, that's how they eat them over here I used too. to have the ones that they sell at Walmart the giant bucket of them I yes. used to have one of those all the time she had to refrain from buying them they're very bad for <laughs> you like, so I, I, not, I stopped eating not, them we would always what? have this huge bucket of cheese balls it's next just to the bed corn and cheese what's wrong with it uh, what's wrong with their processed sure garbage it's a lot of processed <laughs> garbage a lot of unnecessary food dies mm, they die they have to dye the corn orange I think so a loaf of bread was fifty cents. Dang. A GMC fifteen hundred pickup was five thousand four hundred dollars. What did? Oh, a G. I thought you said GNC. I was like, <laughs> why are we talking about protein? I don't understand. It's all in your brain. Um, a nineteen-inch color TV was four hundred and ninety-nine dollars. That's crazy. That yeah. sounds high. Very expensive. Yeah, we bought. <laughs> We bought like a 60 inch the other day for like $400. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Did you just say you bought a 60 inch TV the other day? Just like, my mom, well, my mom bought just one. an ordinary thing that you do yeah. sometimes. She just wants to say went out and got a fucking 60 inch TV. It's only $400. That is cheap for it's probably the only reason they got it. Why are they so cheap? I now? didn't TVs get it. are cheap now. I didn't get it. I feel like you, I don't unless have any you get money. like one of the fancy ones, like the 4K curved ones, those yeah. are expensive. Oh yeah, those are really like two hundred dollars. But when when you look at the picture, though, it looks really great. But the stuff like that's going to be like you're right there broadcast or whatever is not going to be 4K or whatever. Yeah, it's only I've, fl- uh, 
I feel like sports probably are. Yeah. Some people are really into sports. Uh huh. <laughs> oh my God. Did you see that video of the hockey What's guy? Sports. No. <laughs> no. So, like, this guy hit him and then his foot came up and uh, sliced his throat. He died. What? what? Oh, yeah. He was like shooting out blood. Dude, all over the, he gets, so he gets all up over the and he's ice. doing, you can see him doing this, but then you see it pouring <gasps> onto the ice. Yeah. There was like, when you see the amount of blood on the ice, you're just like, that's not good. That's horrible. Yeah. When did that happen? As much as you think like it could happen, it really, really happened. I can't remember when it happened. Recent, like the other day. His own foot did it or another no, guy's no, foot? Another, another guy's, guy's foot. foot. <gasps> Three days that ago? poor guy. Three days ago. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. One of Lillian's Christmas presents just got delivered to our house. All right. Back to the movie. <laughs> Back to <laughs> toys. Beanbag chairs. That hey. was a big deal. Nineteen ninety nine to $39.99. Fisher Price tape recorder. It was $44.99. That's Dang. expensive. And a glow worm. I don't have the price. I remember. Well, glow I remember worms. those. I have, yeah, my sister Wasn't had that, like, one. Teddy Ruxpin's friend. It looks creepy. Uh, no, it's like a big yellow. I don't think they were. Worm. Oh no, he just worm. had like a caterpillar thing. Yeah yeah, 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 the caterpillar. I do remember the glow worm. It was like your light light. This is when smileys came out. Uh-huh. You know, the little before it was an emoji. It was 1982. Oh. The computer scientist Scott Ballman from Carnegie Mellon University. First suggested the use of smileys as a, way of ex- as a way of expressing emotion in an email. Hmm. Right? Picture sure. face. <laughs> Do y'all want to hear about popular movies? Or move yes. On? Yeah. E.T., Rocky Three, On Golden Pond, Porky's, An <laughs> Officer and a Gen... Is that one good? Porky's? Yes. Porky's is fun. I've it's never hilarious. seen it. It's funny. Okay, we'll put it in. But it better be good. Yeah, it's kind of like the same time that the, what was it, the Nerds movie came out? What was that one? Revenge I haven't of seen the those either. Yeah, you haven't seen any of the, oh, that's good stuff. Sorry, that's guys. Do you see my face? The shocked face? I'm ready to watch them. I love going back to the past, like I'm living <laughs> it for the first time. Uh, the Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Uh-huh. Star Trek Two, Poltergeist Annie, Chariots of Fire, Gandhi, and... Poltergeist was the highest grossing film of 1982. One was E.T. and two was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, okay. That's what I got. The Temple yeah. of Doom is my favorite. I love that one. I That's the one it. that eat the monkey brains, right? That oh. one scared the shit it, it, out of me as a kid. Me. Yeah. They had all the bugs, the monkey brains. And he got yeah. burned by that. They pull out thing. people's hearts. Yeah. It, that one was wild. Savages. Scary. Savage. Um, some popular musicians was Human League with Don't You Want Me. Oh, um, that song. Some stuff I haven't heard it's of. It's going to be stuck in my brain. Don't, don't you want me. <laughs> Steve Miller Band with Abracadabra. I don't know that one. <gasps> Abra. Nope. Nope. Survivor with Abracadabra. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <laughs> That was a good one. I was like, Crystal doesn't know a song. How did this happen? I know all songs and all I movies. I came back to her. Her brain's a little slow today. It is very slow today. It's in Did it come back to you or were you just pretending? Uh, it came back to me. Oh, that was slick, though. <laughs> she said, you said, Abra. And I was like, Abra. Abra. Oh, Abra and that, oh, that did it. it. That's it. awesome. Uh, 
Chicago with Hard to Say I'm Sorry. And the Times Man of the Year was the computer. What? Oh my God. <laughs> it's not even a man. So Why do they put a penis on a computer? They, they like to do stuff like that and pick off the wall. I don't lots, like it. Lots of penises on the computer nowadays. I don't nowadays. like it. Probably then too. Probably then too. Yeah. You just couldn't hide it as well. Right it's into just, the movie. Yeah. You I really mean it. you hear about the uh, true story? Oh, yes. I will throw it out right now. Throw it. So it's the Herman House. I got this from Nerdist.com. Nerdist. Mm-hmm. On the evening of February 3rd, 1958, a man named James Herman from Seaford, Long Island, received a telephone call at work from his wife, Lucille. She informed him, and she and their teenage children, Jimmy and Lucy, heard a series of popping sounds coming from various spots around the house. When they investigated, they found uncapped bottles of several substances completely upended in many different rooms, including a vial of holy water, which spilled all over a bedroom dresser. Uh, he was skeptical. He thought the teenagers were being pranksters. Da, da, da. Next day, it was that was a thing to keep holy water just on your dresser? Yeah, I was wondering that. I don't know. Back in the day. Just, the next day, it okay. happened again. If and you're going to pretend to have a poltergeist, <laughs> he actually got the, he actually saw at that time his uh, the bottles in his bathroom were moving around, and he was dragged. It was dragged by some unseen hand, and he called the police. Mm. I mean, what else do you do when, when you the need police help? Arrived, like. More bottles began Move. popping throughout the home. They performed a series of tests to rule out radio transmissions or electrical disturbances, but the bottles were not warm or otherwise charged. Whatever was happening to them could not be explained with logic. A priest came on February 17th to bless it. Okay, so on fans of the 1982 Toby Hoover directed Steven Spielberg produced horror film Poltergeist will recognize the Herman story. It sounds similar to what the Freeling family goes through. A young, happy family moves into a new suburban home. I already gave you the synopsis of this nonsense. So. Yeah. Are you okay over there? I was going to sneeze. Oh, I <laughs> thought you were laughing. Thinking about I was it. like, what am I doing? That's so funny right oh, now. Oh, no, no. I was trying to hold back a sneeze. That's it. That's all it I hurt did. a lot. Poltergeist is more sensationalized than the story of the Hermans, obviously. So the big thing was they had bottles popping. Yes. Just exploding. Yeah. Random Probably it was bottles. like a pressure thing, or they tipped over. Oh, they were getting and they were moved being dragged. Too. It looks like something was dragging them. I wonder what was really causing it. You think it was really a poltergeist? I mean, I believe in ghosts, so I'm scared of them. <laughs> <laughs> so if something starts moving, I'm fucking leaving. I'm out. We're yeah. done here. So I read that one of the tricks of a poltergeist is. Of uh, making knocking noises. That's and scary. And poltergeist in German uh, means a knocking spirit. <laughs> oh, that's neat. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Poltern means to knock and a geist means spirit. So it's a German word. It is German. Poltergeist. I love it. <laughs> I don't really know if that's how it's said, but... It was convincing. I thought maybe you spoke German in high school. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's Lindsay. <laughs> Go ahead and write that down. You guys, the weather is changing here. I'm so sorry. Things are not well. Things are flowing. That shouldn't be. Stephen King was initially asked to write the script. Uh, Steven Spielberg wrote an 11-page treatment in 1980 titled Nighttime. 
Um, he wanted the emerging face of horror to write the script off of his idea. King and Spielberg had a pleasant lunch, but King's publisher allegedly asked for too much money. Mm. Good for him. And I hate it because it's like Stephen King. I know, but every time Stephen King is involved in him, which I don't, movies have gotten better, but back in the day, they ruined so many of his stories. They were never good. Like the movie was never good. <laughs> no, like the, and the book it was, was always not. really good. So it's one of those where it was just like, well, I don't know if it was good or not. <laughs> I had seen that the way that the film came about was because um, Spielberg was trying to do a sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Hmm. And, um, this and E.T. came from kind of splitting that movie ideas into two movies. And um, the graphics in this movie were fantastic. I thought they were good. I saw like a making of and they showed some of the different ways that they did some of the scenes, like whenever they were going into the closet. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to like really do all these things because they didn't have like the CGI as yeah. much. And they use like fish tanks to reflect water and um, all these fans and rides. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot happening. So I don't know how many people were actually involved in this goddamn movie. But I also read that similar to an episode of The Twilight Zone, Richard Matheson wrote the episode Little Girl Lost, which was about a little girl who goes into another dimension through her bedroom wall. Matheson has said Poltergeist was inspired by the episode, but he never received any credit for it. Oh, that's not fair. Everybody wants a little piece of the pie. Yeah. And everybody kind of gets influences from somewhere. I think so. I mean, everybody's just... (laughs) You got a good idea, idea. people. (laughs) want to copy it. Yeah. Are we ready for the movie? Yeah. So, we start off hearing the national anthem on a black screen then we see a tv and after the national anthem plays it cuts to the snow screen static dad is sleeping by the tv do y'all remember that static noise yes it was horrible i hate it and it would like surprise you <laughs> you feel it in your teeth yeah Mm-mm. so and then they also had um like whenever the channel would shut down did y'all ever watch tv that late and see the channel Please. shut down yes, yes. yep that's the one, and it would show, like, the color blocks. I was thinking about that. So I read an article on um, Universe Today. It was called The Switch to Digital Switches Off the Big Bang TV Signal. So it's from 2009. Do y'all remember whenever they were switching over to, like, digital cable instead of, like, whatever it was before it was digital? Sure. No, I probably had better things going on in my life. You're busy. But, yeah. It was like a big deal, though, when people like their rabbit ears wouldn't work anymore and oh, stuff like that, I think. You. So, but he was saying that the change in signal might not allow you to see the leftover radiation from the Big Bang in your static on your TV screen. Whenever you're switching, whenever you're between channels on an analog television, the snow that you see, that static on the screen, is made up of interference from background signals that the antenna on your tv is picking up some of the snow is from other transmissions here on earth and some of it is from other radio emissions from space and part space part of the interference about one percent or less comes from the background background radiation left over from the big bang called the cosmic microwave background 
And the same is true for FM radios. Whenever it's turned to a frequency between stations and you hear the white noise, that is leftover radiation from the Big Bang. That's how people talk to ghosts. That's great. White noise. I thought that was interesting. That's very interesting. So you I get to hear noises from the Big Bang. She printed out these notes, but she already said one of them, so I'm not sure. Now static is going to creep me out even fucking more. Thanks. If you get to hear it anymore on the radio. Yeah. You're hearing a 13.7 billion year old noise. <laughs> That's crazy. So back to the movie. Cue the dog that has no purpose. He's cute, though. He's he cute. Is cute. A little golden retriever. He goes upstairs and takes a chip bag off the older sister's bed. Y'all know how dangerous a chip bag is for a dog? This dog's name's E-Buzz. I don't. Yeah, E-Buzz. Isn't that a weird name? Yeah, yeah it's like how they um, can't play with wrappers and shit. They can suffocate in the bag. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. don't leave your chip bags out. They eat them anyway, doesn't it? Yeah. They might get stuck in the bag. You better well, pick Percy it up. Percy shits them out. That's fine. <laughs> She eats the bag. Dish towels. And then later no on, problem. I'll be walking through the yard, and I'm like, oh, well, Percy had some fucking foil today, did she not? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, good for her. Trash dog. She's fucking all cleaned out. Damn trash dog. So he spills chips all over her bed. So, you know, she's got breakfast ready. What a nice dog. <laughs> now he moseys on along to the children's room, and we see the little blonde village of the damned Carol Ann. <laughs> but we don't know her name yet. She's so cute in her little jammies and slippers, I thought. She wakes up and goes downstairs to the static TV that was left on. She starts talking to it, saying, Hello, what do you look like? We don't hear anything, but she's pausing for answers, and she wakes up the whole family. Everybody wakes up, and she's still talking to the TV. She's, like, screaming at this TV. <laughs> I thought she was about four. I didn't think she was five. So she's a little bigger than I thought. Remember when I saw her was my mom cut my bangs like that. (laughs) I think it was my mom would do a piece of tape. Yeah. Cut across. That's how you cut bangs. I remember. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes she'd cut them way too short. Yep. But they'd grow. Yeah. In about a week. Yeah. So that little girl is Heather O'Rourke. So what I knew, I remember like in the later movies, you could tell she was like kind of sick. And um, in the part three one. Did you have Crohn's, Crohn's disease? So I think she was misdiagnosed. Um, yeah, that's what I had read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ended up septic or something like that. Yeah, she got like a blockage um, and died from that. A it was really obstruction. Really, I get terrified. Yeah. yeah. It was really sad. Because mm-hmm. she was like 12, I think. Yeah. She was 12. So... The uh, Poltergeist 3 was her last movie, and she was in part 1, 2, and 3. She was born in 1975. I thought she was like 3 in this movie, but it says that she was 5 or 6. Um, okay, this is how about how she got sick. She began to have flu-like symptoms, and her legs and feet swelled. She was taken to the hospital. They said it was only the flu, but when the symptoms continued, they said she had Crohn's disease. She was on medication throughout the filming of Poltergeist 3, and her cheeks were puffy in some scenes. She never complained during the filming, and she did not appear sick to the fellow cast members. I understand why they didn't, like, uh, x-ray, a CT scan, any of those things, an ultrasound. They should have. It's really sad. Like, it well, probably could have been prevented. Well, stuff better and better for reasons like this. Yeah. So. They look and they see that poo-poo and they get it out. Mm-hmm. Sad. Um, when filming completed in June, Heather and her family went on a road trip and 
She was well until January uh, 31st, 1988, Super Bowl Sunday. She was unable to keep anything in her stomach and crawled into bed with her parents that night. Should I keep going? This is really sad. Yes, I need to know. Oh, you want to know? (laughs) Um, Saying she didn't feel well. The next morning, February 1st, sitting at the breakfast table, she couldn't swallow her toaster Gatorade. Her mother noticed her fingers were blue and her hands were cold. Kathleen called the doctor and was ready to put her clothes on whenever Heather fainted on the kitchen floor. When the paramedics came in, she insisted that she was okay and she was worried about missing school that day. In the ambulance, she had a cardiac arrest and died on the operating table at the age of 12. Of all of her achievements, she was the proudest of being elected student body president of her fifth grade class in 1985. That was all written by Celia Foster on IMDb. That's cute. Yeah, it was so sad. It is very sad, though. Her and um, Dominique Dunn are buried in the same cemetery. The uh, older sister. Hmm. I had that in my notes. Thank you. I'm sorry. Fucking jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Heather O'Rourke was chosen for the film when she was eating lunch with her mother and sister at an MGM commissary. Producer Steven Spielberg came up to them and wanted O'Rourke for the part of Carol Ann. She initially failed the screen test because she kept laughing her way through the audition, (laughs) even when she was supposed to be afraid. Spielberg thought she was too young to take the part seriously, but he still recognized something special in her, so he asked her to come for another audition, and this time bring a scary storybook with her. He also asked her to scream, so she screamed and screamed until she started crying. That audition got her the cast as Carol Ann. Mm. Well. You're welcome. What'd she do with the scary book? I don't fucking know, Joelle. You didn't put that in my notes. It said that she had to... I didn't make those notes. That was IMDb. Oh. (laughs) She just printed them for you. What a good friend. (laughs) Such a good human you are. Now we hear some peaceful, happy music, and we see this little village of houses with tons of very close-together cookie-cutter houses. It's a very happy neighborhood, and we see this kid riding his bike, and it's real nice. Oh, wait. That's not a kid on a bike. It's a grown-up guy on a kid's that bike. That is so the grown-up man <laughs> with his case of beer. <laughs> yes. I had to look up how much beer was back then. A six-pack was $3.82. Nice. Yay. According to USA Today. He was carrying two cases. They yeah. didn't have him set up. He didn't carry it that well, though. No. Well, <laughs> he almost made it. There's some cute little kids racing remote control cars, except they're not so Badass kids. Yeah. They start uh, getting their cars to trip up bicycle guy, and he drops all the beer. It's a tragedy. I'd be pissed. He leaves the mess in the yard with beer spraying everywhere, and he leaves the bicycle in the road, grabs the beer, and runs inside the house. Yeah, he just leaves everything in the fucking road. (laughs) The oldest daughter, Dominique Dunn, is in the kitchen eating i don't know a bowl of cauliflower and some green sticks <laughs> i don't know what it was <laughs> the screenplay said it was some potato salad so you know that's very important so the idiot is running inside now with his beard it's still spraying everywhere nobody cares they're all, all focused. in the house yep yep they're all focused on the football game did anybody want to do dominique dunn discuss her i mean <laughs> <laughs> you can't my Who's bad. Dominique Dunn? The Dana? older sister. Dana. No, I don't want to do her. Oh, okay. Her dad is Dominique Dunn. You'd have to see a picture of him. You would know exactly who he is whenever you see him. He would wear the thick, round, black glasses. Um, Her story is very sad. She had a boyfriend who became increasingly abusive. And um, eventually he choked her, leaving bruises on her neck. 
before she played um, a beat-up teen on another TV show. She had a friend over, a male friend, to rehearse some lines, and she got called outside by the abusive boyfriend. Boyfriend. And um, the friend could hear fighting and called 911. He was really scared for his life. He called a friend and told them if anything happened, this was the person who did it. Um, The cops finally got there, and her ex-boyfriend had strangled her in the driveway. That's crazy. Yeah. He said that it was an accident. What? That he didn't know that's what he was doing, but they said that it really would have taken three to five minutes for that to happen. And the judge left out a lot of testimony from friends and family, and he only did three years. That's crazy. For doing that. Yeah, I've heard that, like, when you strangle somebody, it really, like... It doesn't happen on accident. It takes a lot of strength. It truly it takes, takes a lot, lot of strength time. and time. And that one-on-one. Three minutes is a long time. That is a very long time. I can barely wait at the microwave for one minute. <laughs> Feels like an eternity. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's fucking terrible. What are you banging around over there? I'm trying to put my chair. She's trying to get comfortable in this fancy fucking chair of hers. Is it vibrating it's yet? fucking cake hole. All right. I want to be crystal for a day. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) What's your chair's name? You do not want to be crystal for a day. Felicia, would you name her? I don't remember. Celeste? No. No. That sounds slutty. (laughs) (laughs) It is Crystal's chair. Sorry, Celeste. I don't know any. I don't know any. If you are a Celeste, apologize. I don't know either. Apologies. Sorrows. Fucking offending everything. We're cutting out the Native American part. Okay, that's good. That's good. Let's not bring that back All up. I said was Native American. You don't have to cut that out. <laughs> now they know it's there. <laughs> She's cutting out the part about black people. <laughs> oh, my God. She's going to go ahead and cut off the, the racist part. Brown. <laughs> that's all I'm going to... Just brown. What's going to be bad is whenever I edit, and I think I edited it, and, and you, you did listen, it. and you're like, why is that still I'm going to be like, fucking Joel. Tell me immediately. <laughs> you should be cursing yourself, you racist shit. Oh, yes. <laughs> Improper terminology. You I need an updated Lazy list. tongue today? Yes. 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 Aww. Yes. So... Mom is upstairs making the beds, and all she sees, poor little Tweety Bird is dead. Poor little birds. I'm sad that people have them for pets. She said, oh, damn, Tweety, you couldn't wait until school day. (laughs) Everybody's home. It must be Saturday. Fuck, I don't want to deal with this shit right now. (laughs) The guys are way into the game, and then suddenly it changes to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Because the neighbors got the same remote. Me and my sister used to play this fucking game. So is that real? Yeah, we got the same TV for Christmas, and our rooms were side by side. Like our parents, I guess, you know, we were close in age. And we could change each other's channels through the wall. Like, just face it through the wall. Oh, I fucking, bet that would cause a fight. My Look, I never fucking did it on purpose, but my sister was a little shit. <laughs> and would do, like, we would just scream. At, I would dream about screaming at her. That is when I started talking in my sleep. <laughs> because I would scream at her in my sleep to stop changing the fucking channel. And what were you watching? I don't even remember. It wasn't as important. It wasn't MTV. Saved by the bell. I wasn't allowed. Oh. But I would watch random shit in the morning, like uh, Gilligan's Island and the Jetsons. That's a good one. 
I would. That was my morning. It's still good. I watched school. it the other day. The Jetsons. The Jetsons? Yeah, I love yeah. the Jetsons. I love the Jetsons and the still Flintstones. Good. I don't remember. I think the Flintstones came on too around that time. Yeah, they had like crossover. There was like a couple of them, and then like Gilligan's Island and my sister watched I Love Lucy. That wasn't my oh, shit. I loved it. But I watched all of those. They had like crossover episodes of the Jetsons and the Flintstones, and they like go to each other's worlds. Yeah, y'all don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, you do. I do. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. So, anyways, I would go in my sister's room and fucking beat, beat her, her ass <laughs> for changing my channels. It's not surprising, dude. So she knew what she was getting into. That's right. She changed the channel first many times to. She cause chose that. violence. <laughs> so here is the neighbor piece of shit Ben. The neighbors, <laughs> the neighbors oh, in movies piece always of shit Ben. <laughs> the neighbors in movies always suck, there. don't they? Piece of shit Ben. Yeah, His name it. was Ben Tuttle. Yeah. Michael McManus. Michael McManus. I don't know. Oh, yeah. So oh, Ben yeah. Tuthill, Michael McManus. He uh-huh. was in like a bunch of random one episode. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't recognize him things. from anything ever. Ben's got his cigar in his mouth talking about how his kids want to watch Mr. Rogers. They're both screaming at each other. I don't know why I thought he actually was out there complaining about his cigar at first. <laughs> like, because he was like, we're right there trying to watch, you know, I thought like he was blowing the smoke in there or whatever. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, y'all are fucking. People didn't care TVs. about smoke back then. No. They just Not absorbed. all. They just absorbed it. Touch it's good for you. Chair. They go back and forth, flipping channels, screaming at each other. So, like, so the remote control thing was real. I kind of remember that with, like, baby monitors and stuff like that. Like, you could pick up the that wrong was frequency or something. When you picked up voices that you didn't want to hear. Yeah. Like, whole-ass phone conversations and shit. So, it would pick up phones, I guess. hmm But, so, the TVs, though, our TVs do that now. We have two Samsung TVs, mm-hmm. and the remote works from the bedroom to the other one. And I think it's like infrared or something, and yeah, it'll work really far away. Lily's TV. Lillian has a Samsung, and yeah, her the Samsung for the living room. Yeah, in her room. Works. I can sh- I can shut her TV off whenever. Yeah. I want. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, good for you. It's also why we make her turn in her remote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's going to continue through her life. Yes, you can turn in your remote at ten o'clock yep. at night. That's what no. we do. So she can't turn the TV on without it? It's nine. She turns in electronics at nine o'clock. I make her, her, I don't, so it's the blue light that uh, you don't sleep well after looking at blue light for so long. So she takes it and puts it in the room for an hour. You don't do the um, blue light filter on your phone? Me? Personally? No. (gasps) I love that. It makes me get sleepy. You turn the blue light filter on. I don't like how it looks. I love it. It makes me get sleepy immediately. I don't know. I just read on the dark I read, screen. Yeah, I read myself to sleep and sometimes Same. I hit myself in the face. <laughs> oh, man. When you fall asleep and you hear your phone hit the floor or your face. or I've dropped it on my face. It hurts. Lillian also has a three-hour time limit on her tablet. So a when day. she runs out of the three hours. She's trying time. to keep time management, too. It's good. Like, she knows, you know, she'll ask to, now though, she asked to use my phone all the time to Google shit so she doesn't have to use her tablet mm. to Google it. And you just let her do it. Well, because she wants to use her tablet to do her other things. and I Google a lot of shit. She does too. She has my brain, which is why we have to limit bedtime shit because she would never go to sleep. I wish someone would limit mine. It's like nine o'clock. She wants to start doing shit, like creating stuff. And I'm just like. She's no longer it's her creative hour. 
She's not allowed to cook anymore if we're not there. Oh, yeah. She started a fire yesterday. She set a pan on fire. Yeah, she called me while I was at work, and she was like, so I opened all the windows and everything, but I kind of caught the pan on fire because she had the spray in there, and she forgot about it while she was letting it warm up before she cooked some eggs, and it caught fire, and then she threw water on it. Um, so we <laughs> see our face. Huh? So we like, she got the fire out. That's uh, yeah. No, we discussed how you know just put a lid on it, or which I mean, shit happens in the kitchen. I've caught, yeah, I've started many a fires. I've exploded eggs and everything else. That's but fine. We're but like she your can't sister cook. was home. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway, I was like, okay, so you can't cook if one of us is not here anymore. Look, and she, she took was care like, of it. "Why? <gasps> that didn't scare you enough you to set stop? the freaking pan on fire?" She shit happens. She called me. She cleaned up her mess. You know who she didn't call? Well, she didn't <laughs> me. And no, she did not clean up her mess. <laughs> oh well, she told me she was cleaning up her mess. There was water everywhere. <laughs> I was wondering why there was so much water on the stove. I forgot. <laughs> about that i was like there was like a cup of water on i was like what happened here and you've <laughs> i worked so many hours that she day. cleaned up her mess <laughs> well i didn't see any fire smoke or anything she almost caught the house on fire with a freaking microwave the other day too oh, how do you yeah. do that she put something metal she in. put some metal shit in there oh, it'll just spark a lot it won't that's how you learn though it's terrifying my I've mom started a fire one time in the microwave trying to cook some chicken wings. How do you in the microwave? It just gets hot she enough set to it for ten minutes. It gets greasy and it caught oh. fire. We were I would outside never make doing chicken wings in fireworks. The they would be terrible, so... right? Thank goodness we have air fryers now. <laughs> yeah, that was before the air fryers. I had to run inside and grab the microwave, but it wasn't before ovens. I dragged it. <laughs> I dragged it outside by the cord. Would she normally make them like that? in the yard, yeah. Were they good? In a glass bowl, yeah. They come out like crispy and stuff. I'm going to Google it and see if people feel This episode is going to be like like three hours hours. long. We're on 43 right now. When microwave, you can cut all this out. When microwaves came out, (laughs) uh, people would cook like whole ass chickens. This is interesting though. Like these are interesting parts of our lives. People would cook whole ass chickens in the microwave. No. Set it for like 25 minutes. Put it in the fridge. I am telling you. I did see a book. People would do that shit when when microwaves microwaves came out. When they came out, I saw a book about all the things you could make in microwaves. And And I was like, I don't even like cancer box. I don't even like defrosting shit in the microwave, but I have to so much. I, I use it for everything. Yeah. I made cornbread in it the other day. In the microwave? Our oven doesn't work. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the way through January, so... Don't That's, come here for Christmas. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I'll do all your baking needs. Hey, you don't have to cook anything. It's true. <laughs> I need that excuse. I don't want to host. <laughs> I can't host, guys. My oven's out. It's going to be the anti-casserole Thanksgiving. I'm really upset about it. Yeah, it can't Everybody's, make the turkey. I'm sorry. It's got to be microwavable oh, or cooked you in don't a pot. Need the oven to make a turkey. Yeah, I know. Because your husband's going to fry it. He is. Oh, or smoke it. Good. He is. It's his dream. He actually did it really good. I want one of those ones where they put it in the crab boil and then they put it in the fryer. I heard about that. That's good. I always get the crawfish stuffed turkeys. I had that at like a, a drunk party. That's what they served, like a big fried turkey. In the crawfish boil? Yeah. They, I heard like, it's really good. They boiled it in the crawfish boil and then they put it in the air fryer. I mean, not the air fryer, the oil. 
turkey fryer. Yeah. Back to the movie. Now we're back upstairs with mom. <laughs> Who doesn't know how plumbing works? I bet she flushes baby wipes. Dude, I was like, you're going to flush a whole fucking she's gonna, bird. She's going to flush Tweety down the toilet. Jeez. You can't flush a bird? <laughs> Man. See, this Her is genuine doobies. reactions. Because yeah. I did Good, not yeah. watch these parts. She's yeah. trying to flush Tweety and Carol Ann catches this terrible act. Did you know baby wipes were invented in 1958? I did not. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Wet nest. I am glad they 1958? were invented, What did they do before? They just used... Paper towels? Rags. They used rags and washed them. That's what I do now. Mm-hmm. I don't like paper towels. They're expensive. Turning into Lindsay. Get <laughs> out. Do you have... Have you seen the reusable paper towels that you nah. can Velcro? Like, they Velcro oh, all together and you can wash them? I just wash, wash like, rags. It really just looks like dish towels that Velcro together. But my whole thing is like, after you wash them, you have to put them all back together. I'm not <laughs> to doing roll that. them back up. So what day are we like, hanging this out this so week? Because work. this is unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> we did not hang out for two weeks, and now listen to us. Forty-five minutes it's into bad. this podcast, okay. At least people know we're real friends. <laughs> we're not the fake kind. Fake friends off topic. Oh, so in 1963, he sold the wet nap products to Colonel Harlan Sanders to be distributed to customers of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Thank you, Wet Wipe Wikipedia. Wet Wipe Wikipedia. (laughs) Now we're outside with Robbie looking at a dead tree. Or is it? This fucking kid, man. I'm just like, now is not the time to climb trees. Mm -mm. It's the perfect climbing tree for him. Poor Carol Ann, they're burying the bird in a cigar box as she eats a Twizzler. She wants him to have a flower, and she gives him the Twizzler in case he's hungry, and a picture in case he's sad. Lonely. Lonely. He's going to be gone. In that was house. really sweet, though, because it was like a picture of her and the dog. Yeah, it was sweet. She don't want him E-buzz. to be lonely. E-Buzz the dog. So Tweety is buried in a cigar box, and Carol Ann complains about the smell. I read this on IMDb, and I thought it was pretty funny to think about. How the parents keep their weed in a cigar box. Oh, yeah. And clearly when they she's don't. she's like, the bird doesn't like the smell. Yeah, they don't uh, smoke cigars. Yeah. So they gave them I her, got you. Gave her their weed box I to do bury remember her seeing her roll up later on in the movie. Or I'm like, maybe they got the cigar box from the neighbor. Or maybe he's their weed dealer. I thought maybe the cigar box came from the neighbor because he was smoking cigars. But that was just me. I, I didn't notice where they kept their weed. Bad weather is coming and they bury the bird. Here is the sister eating some celery outside. Robbie asks if they can dig it up and see the bones. Carol asks for a goldfish and then the dog starts digging up the bird. Oh, to be a mom. Now I see why she was going to flush it. You're right. <laughs> just deny you ever had a bird. Just so randomly. She's just like, oh, can we get a goldfish now that we at room? That's kids' brains, though. They're yeah. like, something dies yeah. and they're like, well, I need a replacement. They're processing yeah. it so great. Yeah. Or when you die, can I have that? <laughs> it's nighttime and a storm's brewing. Carol Ann is feeding her fish that she got. The tree looks really scary out the window and Carol Ann is already trying to kill Tweety one, Tweety two, and three because she says that they want seconds. Dude, she's like totally overfeeding <laughs> these fucking fish. So you know, at the end of filming, Heather got to keep the goldfish. Oh, that's sweet. And now we see the clown. 
Why did they have this clown? It's clearly nightmare fuel. I hate this clown. So they had replicas of it listed on eBay from $1,500 to $3,000. That's and I wild. And I went down a rabbit hole of... Creepy ass clown dolls? Props for sale on eBay. Oh, what did you find? They have the 1984 Terminator glasses for $11,000. Star Trek Klingon prosthetic boobs for $1,800. <laughs> The Conan sword is only $700. Oh, poor Conan. The fish prop from Cat in the Hat is $3,000. Who would fucking want that? That's crazy. Um, Let's see. Phantasm. Have you seen that where they have like the spheres? I don't know. I think so. One of those gold spheres. Oh, that movie's weird. Is uh, $2,000. Did the spheres fly? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And last but not least, since we're talking about Toby Hooper... Mr. Texas Chainsaw Massacre himself, a Leatherface autographed movie prop chainsaw is $20,000. Worth it. But it's from the 2013 movie. Is not, not worth it. <laughs> That's what I thought, too, whenever I was like, listen, oh, you just lost $10,000 no, right there. Listen, if it's the remake, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, the newest, uh, not the newest one. but Did we do that one, too? That one. Excellent. Good? Really? Excellent movie. It was a good movie. Very good remake. It really was it. good. It's definitely explained more but than the first one. The first one, you're just like, they don't explain anything. what the fuck is happening? I wouldn't pay more than 20000 if it wasn't the original. Let's be honest. <laughs> you wouldn't pay $20,000 anyway. Because we would not ever for no. any sort of expensive no prop like no, that i don't want to like, pay a hundred dollars for a chainsaw <laughs> give me a movie poster for five bucks i'll stick it up reproduce don't even give me the original no, no. it's all i can I got afford you. so the way that the clown fear came about in the movie is that steven spielberg has a real fear of clowns as a kid and he was also scared of the tree outside his window so oh, yeah i did read about those, the tree that tree I had have, like hands uh, yeah yeah, the idea know. for the tree grabbing Robbie came from a childhood memory. Michael Grace um, ended up co-writing the screenplay with Spielberg and Mark Victor. That's what I'm, everybody's fucking in this movie. I already told you that. His inspiration for the tree came from a memory of being home alone one stormy night. <laughs> you already told me all this? No. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Sitting on the floor stairs on the second floor of his family home when lightning struck the tree in his yard, a big branch crashed through the window right near him. That would be terrifying. Right? I would be scared of any tree outside my window after that. I'm scared of anything when I'm home alone. <laughs> Even now. <laughs> I'm like, not. Can I go play outside? No, there's lightning, you moron. No. <laughs> terrifies well, look, me. I will say I... Have always let my kids play in the rain, but not when it's lightning. Yeah. Like, we've been at the park, and everybody's running for cover, and I'm just like, y'all carry on. My kids have slip and slided it on the mud in the driveway when it's rained. We used to do that whenever we were little. We I was... Yeah, a ditch child. So yeah. like before same. you knew about the dangers, we'd same. make sl- mudslides into yeah. the ditch. We yeah, had really well, deep. We ones. just had a really muddy now I look driveway, at ditches, and, and I'm like, that is disgusting. It is no, a yeah. cesspool. Not only is it disgusting, but if it's flooded, it can suck you in there. Yep, it's dangerous. I more so worry about the flooding when you're in a rural area rural. because of the poo. Yeah, that's what concerns me. Yeah. City ditches, not so much. Night. Rural ditches, full of poo. Yeah, it all 
kind of scares me. off. Because it goes right out there, doesn't it? But I, too, was a ditch child. We used to to play in some muddy-ass ditches and pretend it was Charlie on the Chocolate Factory's (laughs) Chocolate River. I'm not even lying. That's really cute. (laughs) We had mud wars. Yeah, same. So that poor little goldfish, you know, you used to be able to enjoy things, and now they just make me sad when I see them. I used to have a betta fish. I... So I, I had, had a beta several fish. fish. I put it by a <laughs> lamp and it died. When I was oh, in high school, I had some goldfish. So I got one a few years ago. and As I a grown-ass adult? Yes. Cool. I got this beta fish, and then I read that it was cruel to keep it in a small tank. So then I had to get a 10-gallon tank. And then I had to get it a heater. Yeah. This beta fish was living the life. Where's yeah. the beta fish now? Oh, it's cool. They're all dead. Did you get it's it from so Walmart? Gone. She's like, no. it's so gone. You remember whenever Walmart used yes. to have pets? Like, I used to yeah, love like going into Walmart to see the fish and It was shit. when you could enjoy things without thinking about their horrible life. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, I mean, they're a couple bucks. You yeah. just get another one. But that fish tank, I remember setting it up and being all excited. And about five minutes in, I was like, this is so boring. <laughs> I'm not into this I actually anymore. won these fish at... Uh, fair or something, cow oh, yeah. can fair maybe. And you walk around with them in a little plastic bag. I kept fish. these fish. I was so proud of myself because I had my own job Fishy. and I bought my own fish shit. Oh, so you were a grown up? Why no, I was sleeping? in high school. I was in high school. I had a toddler, so I had a job. And um, you were excited about these fish? Yes, I kept these fish alive. Even one time, I remember we lost electricity, so th- like the little pump and shit couldn't you run. Blue bubbles in there, and. I was able to to get ice, and I put ice in there and, like, revived them because the ice? ice had oxygen in it or whatever it was they fucking needed in the water. I don't know, but it did. These little fish. I brought them back to life. They eventually died. <laughs> I moved to California. They didn't make the trip. <laughs> you, you just <laughs> did all that and flushed them before yeah, you left? it didn't. No, they, they didn't make the trip. <laughs> oh, they didn't go. So, yeah. So, well, they didn't survive the trip. That's what I should say. So now mom is putting the kids to bed and she turns all the lights off. Isn't that terrible? What a dummy. She forgot the closet light. They need that closet light for that scary ass clown doll. Yeah, she just keeps screaming, closet light. And why is it propped in front of his bed? <laughs> why it's, in the world would you do that? It's watching you. It keeps him in his bed so he doesn't well. get up. I don't know. That makes sense. So now it's adult time. They're watching TV, smoking weed, and reading magazines. Mom is talking about something being genetic. She would sleepwalk as a kid. No, she said, I sleptwalked as a kid. (laughs) And I was like, that is not correct. She was smoking weed. Yeah, that's true. That's why. And she tells a weird story about how when she was a kid, she sleepwalked and fell asleep and got in a guy's car. And then when she got home, <laughs> she just woke up in the back seat. Her dad checked her for hickeys. Bitch, you got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you passed out. And then so now they're talking about how Carol Ann sleepwalks and mom is worried about a pool. That which weird. I would be terrified. And dad just has a dad reaction and says, it'll be fine. They discuss diving and dad acts it out on the bed and she's giggling. And now Robbie and Carol Ann are laying in their bedroom. Robbie's staring at the horrible clown doll. He gets up and covers it up with a jacket. And I feel like that would be even worse because you can't see it after that. So the actual clown doll just sold for $650,000. Jesus. Prop Store, one of the world's leading film and TV memorabilia companies, just kicked off 
kick-started a new memorabilia auction, and it was loaded with horror props. This was June 28th of 2023. What a business to get into. Like, you buy these props for what? Pennies on the dollar? Walmart for... $32. $32. The they buy these props yeah. probably for like pennies on the dollar and then fucking sell them for get one bajillion dollars. dot com for $24. I but don't what's it really going to look like? It came from... The clown? It's gonna look up look, some reviews. It'll be like a Timu one or something. I was going to say it's going to be a Timu clown. You're a Timu clown. Its face is going to be all just It's probably going to be way more terrifying than the <laughs> actual clown. Would you keep... You know they have a villain's wiki? That's crazy. Oh, yeah. I look at all of those whenever uh, I research cool. fandoms and all those. $650,000. The Jumanji game board from Jumanji sold for $262,000. Wow. Start, I would want to play it. Start buying up some props. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how it really works. Um, the Gremlin puppet from Gremlins 1984 sold for $93,000. Oh, they have the cute ones out right now for like i think they're 30 dollars and they're like super duper cute they come in like all the little costumes and everything too for 30 you get all of them no you like each one but yeah they're about to go buy them right now super duper cute i wish they made noises like little gremlin noises that would be cute yeah so mom gremlins i'm very upset that the mogwai doesn't actually exist i know i want one people would be doing um They'd get them wet and feed them. Oh yeah, one person. Oh, I would definitely feed mine anytime it wanted. <laughs> you were a it bunch would of look little at crystal me. gremlins running around because they would then, act like me. Yeah, I would look at it and just be like, "Eat whatever you want. <laughs> You're so cute. Have whatever you want. Some snacks. You want a snack? <laughs> so mom and dad are really giggly now that they had some adult time. Dad is making a bunch of weird, I don't know, gobbling noises and acting like she's eating her back. He's eating her back weird and she says how much she loves it when he talks that. dirty i do that <laughs> and i was like what is happening i pretend like i'm eating andrea a lot and that's your yeah. dirty talk uh, no no we don't i don't do that no it's just like a neck tickle kind of i feel munchy weird. thing dirty talk yeah me too every she really every does every moment sometimes i dirty life, talk her to I'm make like, it weird <laughs> it's cringy do you like it when i do that no, that's how you punish up. her <laughs> i don't like it <laughs> so robbie walks in on mom and dad doing these things and starts talking about the storm and just like that adult time is over <laughs> that's done. That. they didn't even close the door they earned it dad brings him back to bed and he tells dad how scary the tree is dad says that tree is really old and was there before we built the neighborhood and they left it there on purpose I'm surprised they didn't cut it down. Left some other things there as yeah, well. He's yeah, he gives them this BS story about how it's there to protect them. And I'm just like, bullshit. It's a dead ass fucking tree. Like, why did fall you not house, cut bro. it down? I don't know how that would make you feel safer. No. Because it looks big and dead. Yeah. And so dad tells him about counting the lightning and thunder. And I was like, I wonder if this really works. It does. It does. You didn't know about it? Well, I knew about it, but I was like, I wonder how I feel like it's it really one of those... We all know about it here because it rains so much. And I feel like it's just like everybody knows. Mm-hmm. But everybody probably doesn't know. They might not. Um, weather.gov said that you can only hear thunder up to 10 miles away from a lightning strike. The temperature of the air in the lightning channel may reach as high as 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Five times hotter than the surface of the sun. Dang. 
Immediately after the flash, the air cools and contracts quickly. The rapid expansion and contraction creates the sound wave that you hear, which is thunder. Since you see the lightning immediately, and it takes the sound of thunder about five seconds to travel a mile, you can calculate the distance between you and the lightning. If you count the number of seconds and divide it by five, you get the distance in miles to the lightning. I remember doing this That's at true. the pool when mm-hmm. we they kick us out the pool during the summer if there was like lightning or whatever, and so we'd all just sit around counting the fucking storm to see like how soon we'd be able to get back in. <laughs> I remember that. That's one of the things I remember about yeah. swimming. Keep in mind that you should be in a safe place when counting. Because remember, if you can hear thunder, chances are that you're within striking distance of the storm and you don't want to get struck by the next flash of lightning. No, you don't, Powder. You know what to do if uh, your hair is standing up and it's lightning <laughs> and you might get struck? Grab like your ankles. Jump in a ditch. <laughs> Squat down, cover your ears, and get up on the balls of your feet. Grab them ankles, bruh. That's you right. Fucking shit a brick. <laughs> shit a brick. <laughs> So Carol Ann is playing with the toy phone. Robbie is counting the storm to see if it's going away. We see everyone sleeping now in the parents' bed together. They cut to a new scene. Now the TV is shutting down for the night. I have no idea how these people could sleep with the TV on. There is no way. It's 2.37 a.m. and the static comes on. Immediately, Carol Ann wakes up. And this is a great part to get a seizure, too. We see lots of uh, (laughs) flashes. This whole movie. Yeah. We see little sparkles in the TV and a hand skeleton pops out and some ghost smoke. The TV shoots at the wall and there's an earthquake. Everyone wakes up and Carol Ann says, they're here. That was so creepy the way she's just standing at the end of the bed. That's the... Uh, have you woken up to your kid just staring at you on the end of the bed yet that is creepy as fuck i have like kicked one of my kids in the face (laughs) because you wake up and they're just standing there and you're just like what the fuck i haven't luckily (laughs) i've woken up to him leaving standing there staring at you not saying anything that line was voted as the number 69 movie quote by the american film institute 69 huh yes thank you for that note (laughs) what were the other ones i don't freaking know (laughs) so like i think because of this movie i don't like having a tv in my room i would feel like it was gonna turn on yeah i didn't have a tv in my room until crystal yeah what baby wants (laughs) baby gets (laughs) baby gets so now the swimming pool is being dug and they dig up Tweety. And I'm like, why did they bury the bird there? I know. Like, but they why are they you digging, digging up the flower garden, though? Like, they're just fucking shit up back Everything. there. Incompetent. Yeah. Incompetent people. That's right. The kids are having a food fight and arguing over breakfast. Um, I was wondering how much it was to dig a pool back then. I figured it was like two grand because now it's like 60 to 80 grand to dig a pool. Mm-hmm. That's like the price of a house. And uh, the New York Times article I found said that um, it was about ten grand. Why is it so expensive to, to dig have dirt? A pool to move dirt. <laughs> I don't know because they dig the hole and then like I think the gunite lining was so expensive was one thing, but mm. I don't know otherwise. You get a pond. That's what you get. So what you do is you get an above ground pool. Yeah, because you can get one and throw it away every year for the next sixty years, and it would still only be sixty grand. <laughs> and if you move you can That's take it plan. with you yeah yep. i got you so i was more concerned with they're discussing all this earthquake shit but like there's no damage and he's like there's damage all over the bedroom 
But there's <laughs> no the damage anywhere else in the house. Yeah. None. Everything else was is fine. Figuring something out about the earthquake, yeah. but they really think it was an earthquake. Yeah, he's like, it's a six. It was a six point five, but there's nothing on the news and <laughs> nothing. And nothing here. else was messed up anywhere else in the house but the bedroom. So they discuss Carol Ann saying they're here. Oh, the mom is discussing that with her. No one is very concerned about the earthquake besides Dad on the phone, and it seems like a normal day. Uh, Carol Ann says it was the TV people, and Robbie says she's stoned. The kids argue Robbie's glass explodes, and they have nothing. <laughs> They're arguing about whether or not he knows what that is, or like the who would know what stoned dad is. Dad would know. Yeah. yeah. Is that what they were Ask saying? Dad. Ask dad. That's what it was. <laughs> so they don't say anything about the glass exploding. They just say, it's not my mess, and discuss who's going to clean it up. Nobody is freaking out at all. Um, yeah, Robbie was just worried about the ceiling left crumbs in his bed. Yeah. So the ghosts hate this little boy because next his silverware is bent. It is jacked. This kid is really getting screwed (laughs) the whole time. The middle kid. So dad's still on the phone. He doesn't help mom at all with all of her tasks. And he manages to tie his phone, his tie to the phone. The little boy's name is Oliver Robbins. This is Robbie. He does a bunch of horror conventions now, and he brings the clown doll with him. That's terrible. I thought he was cute with his little teeth. And I found this website called Cameo, and you can get a personal video from him for $60. Oh. Oliver Robbins starred in two movies about a suburban family of five being terrorized by ghosts in 1982, Poltergeist and Don't Go to Sleep. The first movie was a theatrical release produced by Steven Spielberg. And the second was a TV movie produced by media mogul Aaron Spelling. Ironically, Spelling TV movie had a much higher body count and was much scarier. Body count for Spielberg movie, zero. One, if you include Tweety the Bird. Body count for <laughs> Spelling's movie, four. And what was his movie? Don't Go to Sleep. I've never heard of it. Have you heard of it? No. Hmm. I wonder if it was good. I saw that um, the Robbie kid directed a movie called Celebrity Crush. It's about a delusional fan that kidnaps the star of an 80s horror movie, chain-faced clown, and tries to make him fall in love with her. Oh, damn. I'm like, did you make your own fantasy into a movie? Oh, no. He was in Poltergeist 2, but not Part 3. Poltergeist 2 is the one where his braces attack him, right? I don't remember. That's terrible. Dude, I'm serious. His his he wears braces and then they all the wires start coming out and attack him. Wow. Uh six and a half stars out of ten for hmm. Don't Go to Sleep. So it might be all right. It's a TV movie. Oh, hmm. um, made for TV. Some so, TV movies are good though. Some TV movies are good. Yeah, that Sybil movie I think was a TV <clears throat> movie. I used to watch Lifetime movies when I would fold my laundry. Same. I used to watch the one with Tim, uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen in them. And, uh, I didn't even know. I watched all kinds of crazy ones. Eating disorder ones. I remember crazy 16 and Pregnant ones. with uh, Kirsten Dunst. I just watched whatever movie came on around laundry time. Those are good movies. Back when I was a housewife. Back when Lifetime had drama movies and not all these happy mm-hmm. ones. Don't you wish you were still a housewife? God, no. <laughs> Dude, my house it. would be immaculate if you were a housewife. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would have built a house. <laughs> <laughs> I got so it all time. the time. <laughs> so the workers are digging, and Dana comes out in her very not hot Catholic school girl uniform. 
and she looks like a little kid. This part was so creepy to me. Oh, disgusting. The men digging the pool, they look to be at least over 30, flirt with her. And they're it looks like, like cat calling her. Yes. It's straight gross. up. She flips them off and does a bunch of hand motions. At I didn't them. understand it's the, the patriarchy. <laughs> What's the one where you f- you flick your teeth? Like yeah, your it looks thumb. like you bite I your flick thumb. thumb. Do you I remember was, when they used to do that. I, that was like a Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, thing. they and, bite their thumb. At and you. then she like crossed her arm and like I was wondering what it all them meant. Off. I don't know. I didn't understand the. Th- I remember seeing it somewhere in my life. Yeah. But. I don't know what any of it means. I do remember it from Romeo and Juliet, though, now that you say that. You bite your thumb at me, sir. Yeah, that's what it is. Mom's just laughing from the window. All is wet. I would have went outside and fucked Bro, some shit been like, up. You would have left yeah. my what property. What the fuck are you looking at? She just giggles. You would have left <laughs> my property. You would have eaten mud the and then left daughter. my property. I can literally see you picking up mud out of the pool thing <laughs> oh, and yes. shoving it in their faces. Yes. Get the fuck out. (laughs) But yeah, mom laughs and carries on. Yeah, she carries on. I'm like, I guess the director had to teach her all this sign language. (laughs) And now, oh no, the kids didn't push their chairs in. Mom says to Carol Ann, you're going to ruin your eyes because she's staring at this little mini TV in the kitchen. So mom changes it to keep her safe to a crazy loud war movie. Oh yeah, she was watching the static channel. Yeah. That's better. It's the static that's going to hurt your eyes. That's right. E-Buzz is barking at the burnt hole in the wall. And he brings it, his squeaky toy. Mom is concerned, but does nothing. Now, one of the workers' men is in the kitchen eating off of the spoon from what was cooking on the stove and drinking mom's coffee. Looked like some spaghetti sauce. She was starting on dinner early. She was. In walks mom, and she asks, how is it? He doesn't... (laughs) He doesn't care, says it's great, and she shuts the blinds on him. Yeah, she's like, give me back my coffee cup. This guy was Lou Perriman. I can say what I was going to say about him because you said you had a lot of deaths associated with the movie Crystal. Yes. Because this guy got murdered, and you probably have it in your notes. All right. So the, the Poltergeist series has long been the subject of a legend that holds that there is a curse associated with it. Largely because of four cast member deaths that occurred between 82 and 88. Of these four deaths, however, only one could be called unnatural in any way. The 1982 death of 22-year-old Dominique Dunn, which we already talked about, um, all were the results of long-term chronic illnesses. Julian Beck died in 85 after a long battle with stomach cancer. Will Sampson died of complications from a heart-lung transplant and Heather O'Rourke from cardiac arrest caused by septic shock. This guy got murdered as well. Oh, I didn't have him. Um, this happened in 2010. He's the guy that was like drinking the coffee and whistling at Dominique Dunn. Mm-hmm. Um, someone was trying to steal his car. This person that probably had mental problems. This was on um, statesman.com. And I think the person was sentenced to life. They killed him with an axe to steal his car. It That's was wild. It was horrible. That's really, really like sad. Excessive. Yeah, it was terrible to read about that. So that's another death associated uh, with the movie. Associated. Associated. So now those dang chairs are all pushed out again. Mom fixes them 
And she leans down to get something out from under the sink to clean. And boom, she turns around. They're all stacked again on the table like magic. She is very freaked out. Carol Ann says that the TV people did it. Did y'all see about how they did the chairs? Yeah. Did anybody have the, a note on that? I just um, had the note that they uh, did it like in one take. Yeah. They had the chairs already ready to go. Like they showed the table, they pointed the camera to the side, and then they mm-hmm. stacked all the chairs really quickly in the pyramid. It only took seven seconds, according to what I read, for her to look back. Yeah, like the the second set of chairs they already had like put together. They just um, put them up. They just replaced them. If you I don't, thought that, stop. I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah. So the mom was Joe Beth Williams. She's from Houston. Um, she Texas. She, um, this was her big movie and, uh, Craig T. Nelson as well. This was like their starring role. Am I messing up? No, I have a note. Tell us. Jo Beth Williams had a supernatural experience during the making of the film. Whenever she came home from filming, the pictures on the walls of her house were crooked. Every time she fixed them, they would hang crooked again. Zelda Rubenstein also had an experience when a vision of her dog came to her and said goodbye to her. Hours later, her mother called her and told Rubenstein that her dog had passed away that very day. What is that, Tangina? (laughs) I think that is her name. Tangina. That's neat, though. Her dog came. I wonder if he said goodbye in words. Yes, I'm sure it was. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Here I go off to my... Heavenly throne, whatever you want to call it. So the Rainbow Bridge, accent. I think they call it for dogs. Oh, you never read about the Rainbow Bridge? No. Oh, don't! It'll like make you cry. <laughs> like a little British. What kind accent? of language would he speak? I don't think it's going to make me cry. It depends on the dog. <laughs> Reading about dogs going over the Rainbow Bridge won't make you cry because I don't believe in the Rainbow Bridge. No. Oh, but, what but it would... is sad when you read it from a dog's perspective. I'm about to cry right now just thinking about it. What's wrong with your heart? Uh, it's broken. When you think about a dog's perspective of their owner. I have. Um, my eyes are getting watery now. I see them. <laughs> Calm down. Read your freaking notes. She was the mom in Jungle to Jungle. Did anybody know that? Jungle no. to Jungle? She was the mom. I, oh, I barely remember that, remember that movie. It's I, funny. I saw it a lot. She is married to the director of The Santa Claus and Last Man Standing. She was not in Poltergeist 3, only Zelda Rubenstein and Heather O'Rourke. So now we're in the same spot viewing the kitchen, but we see that it's a spec house. They're on phase four. Dad is selling it. We learn that they were the first family to set up in the neighborhood. They have a saying around here, he says, the grass is always greener on every side. Gay. Har, har, har. Now it's dark outside and he drives home in the station wagon. Uh, you know how they're bringing back all those other vehicles like Broncos and stuff? I wish they'd bring back that station wagon with the wood grain. That's just brown two-tone station wagon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she rushes. Mom comes out and rushes him inside. She says, you have to hurry and see that it happens again. Mom has stuff all over the kitchen floor. She's drawn all over it. These circles and arrows and stuff. Why she drew that, I don't know. Yeah, there's just like X's and O's and arrows. Just, now that song is going to be stuck in my head. X's Uh-oh. and O's and arrows. X's and O's. Oh, gotcha. Mom shows him how the chair moves across the floor, and she's really excited about it. Not freaked out like she should be. 
I don't understand the point of the ghost moving the chair the exact same way every time in the kitchen. That didn't make sense to me. Dad has the right reaction. He's very freaked out. And now mom uses Carol Ann instead of the chair to move into the uh, across the floor. And in the screenplay, it said that Carol Ann had that helmet on. And the second time they did it, she flew into the wall, cracking an eight-inch hole in the wall and cracking the helmet. And then says, are we going to go get pizza? But this they cut, kid and her they pizza. Cut that, they cut that part out, though, for some reason. I like how all this shit. Her mom's probably been doing this all day long. And she walks in and she immediately tattles. She's just like, mom didn't cook dinner. <laughs> and she mom's like, pizza. it's fine. We'll go to Pizza Hut. That's what she says. She wanted pizza. That's all she wanted. She really did. Just want pizza. So now mom and dad go over to Ben's house and he answers the door with a giant plate of beans. Have you ever answered <laughs> the door with your dinner in no, hand? Never. Why the hell would you, you have to take I it all the way out of the kitchen? He just stands there with a big plate of beans. Yeah. It makes no sense. And um, they talk about the mosquitoes. They never bothered him ever. In fact, he said he's never been bitten and no one in his family has. I'm like, wow. <laughs> what a one-upsman. I bet he lied a lot of as a kid. Yeah, but those mosquitoes really were like, Getting them. I didn't understand. They don't even have mosquitoes in California. I don't know. <laughs> that part didn't really make yeah. sense to me. It was it was excessive. So he asks the kid, mosquitoes ever sucked on you, son? It was weird. And then they laugh a whole lot. They want to know if the neighborhood has ever experienced any disturbances lately. Like what he says. They say, oh, you know, dishes and furniture moving by themselves. And then she slaps herself in the face. And it's hilarious. <laughs> she slaps herself fucking hard. Yeah. Why? The mosquitoes. Hit, hit, hit a mosquito. But oh. she like fucking smacks herself across the face. So now they're back at the house putting on mosquito ointment. And they have to look in the yellow pages for who to call. They discuss if they're overreacting. And dad bans everyone from going into the kitchen. Crystal, what are you reading lately? You know, just, uh, I'm still reading Ninth House by uh, Lee Bardugo. It's like a three-thing series. I'm also reading um, The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, that's good. And some other books that are not worth mentioning. Oh, and Life of Pi. Oh, did you see the movie? No. Are you going to watch it after? Yes. Should be really, I heard it's good. Steve says they have to keep this in the family. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to call someone in the morning. Um, Oh, yeah. We discussed how Diana was uh, looked in the yellow pages and she said that we have furniture movers, but there's nothing in there for a strange phenomenon. Robbie's laying in bed counting the storm in his room. Diane's now applying ointment to herself while trying to calm her husband, who hasn't said much. She says, look, I'm the one who has to live with this freaky thing all day and nothing bad happened. It's like another side of nature. You and I aren't qualified to understand. When you overreact like this, it makes it much too important. Steve says no one's going into the kitchen until I know what's happening. Robbie is still counting the storm and it sounds like it's getting closer he looks frightened he looks over at the creepy ass tree outside his window and sees its branches are moving like arms 
He instantly sits up in bed and screams. This tree branch breaks through the glass. Carol Ann is now uh, Carol Ann is now sitting up in bed screaming as well. As this tree starts reaching through the window towards Robbie, just as Steve and Diane open the door to the kids' room, Robbie's being grabbed by this tree and hauled out the bedroom window. Robbie's screaming, Mommy, and just as Steve approaches the window, the blinds shut. Carolina sitting in bed, opened mouth with the big scary clown sitting behind her. Her parents are now running through the house to get outside to Robbie, and Steve tries to open a side door, but this tree is pushing back against the door, blocking them in. Carol Ann, still sitting in bed, watches as a bright light starts to shine from her closet. As the closet door slowly opens, toys start moving in their own, or on their own. And the clown starts laughing. The wind's picking up in the bedroom. And Carol Ann starts screaming for her mommy. I saw a lot of glitter blowing around. Dude, where do they even (laughs) keep all the glitter? I don't know. That was an interesting effect to have, I thought. So during all the horrors that preceded while filming Poltergeist, only one scene really scared Heather O'Rourke. That in which she had to hold onto the headboard while a wind machine blew toys into the closet behind her. She fell apart, and then Steven Spielberg stopped everything, took her in his arms, and said she would not have to do that scene again. So on that part, I saw on certain parts, whenever they showed her on the bed, it's a dummy. You well, can see the yeah, back of her head hanging Initially, there was, on. like, one part where she was hanging on, and it's like the wind hadn't even started yet. Like, yeah. she was just hanging Hang- that's, on the That thing. was a dummy. Yeah. If it's showing you the back of her head, I thought that was really funny if you notice it. I um, had read that the tree scene was shot backwards. Oh, really? Robbie uh, Oliver Robbins was actually spit out, not swallowed up by the tree. Reversing the shot made the final results look much better. He looked so gross when he came out, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looked slimy. like the tree birthed him. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it was gross. The whispering in uh, her closet keeps repeating, let's go play. Let's go. (laughs) Toys are rolling into the closet. Stephen and Diane make it outside, and there is now a tornado headed towards them because shit can't get any worse. Yeah, I thought that tornado was stupid. So fucking random. Like it didn't even, was it there to just explain away what happened? To get rid of the tree? Like, I didn't understand. I don't to, know. For them to blame what was happening on the tornado. I mean, uh, yeah, that didn't cause know. a tree to eat him. Why don't we just call him up? <laughs> Robbie's screaming, Toby help me, Daddy, from inside the tree. Dana's watching from inside the house through a window. Help me! <laughs> Dana's just there to be scared and react. Yeah, she's just there. This is her only movie, too. Yeah. Carol Ann's now hanging onto her headboard. All the toys uh, from under her bed are being sucked out into the closet. And at the time, I could think, if only. Those would be the best way to, to clean, clean the room. To clean from under the bed. <laughs> glitter is still fucking flying. Is there just bags of glitter? I don't know who came Can up. Can you imagine it, how long it's going to take to get the glitter off of your body and out of your hair and all it's that? It's terrible. Months they must later, have, you're going to find glitter. That must have been the last scene of the whole movie shot. The creepy clown gets sucked off the bed into the closet, and Carol Ann's just hanging on and screaming. 
Robbie's now being gobbled up by this grotesque tree as his feet enter the mouth of the tree, and he's still screaming for his parents. And the rain is coming down harder. <laughs> it's the kind of storm that could wake the dead. What? <laughs> it's because I said eaten by a tree. Gobbled. Gobbled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Good choice of words. First reaction to this scene. Robbie is now screaming, Mom, it's taking me in. It's hurting me. <laughs> and Diane is just hanging on to this pole outside for reasons unknown to me. <laughs> she hangs on to this pole just reaching out. Why are we doing She's this? not being sucked anywhere. She's just hanging, hanging on. on to this pole the whole time. Her kid's being eaten by a tree. I would be in that fucking tree. I, would I don't be, care if there's a tornado. Like, give me an axe. <laughs> give me a spoon. I'm going to go at it. Like, yeah. for sure. I'm getting you out of that tree. She's holding Not her. you, though. <laughs> you leave me in the tree. <laughs> leave her in you there. She'll shut up. This makes you cry. <laughs> She's this, laughing. The tree makes you cry. Laughing. She's holding her arm out, screaming uh, for Stephen to hurry as Stephen approaches this tree. And Robbie is looking very distressed as he looks down, screaming <clears throat> to his dad to help him. The closet drama intensifies in Carol Ann's room as the suction of this closet has now consumed furniture. Your note-taking skills today are on point. It's great. They're always really good. And there's more (laughs) gold glitter and confetti. The closet drama. Where is it all coming from? This closet has lots of drama. He's being gobbled. There's closet drama. I'm going to make a shirt that says closet drama. (laughs) Make sure to make it a rainbow shirt and give it to me. Carol Ann's clinging to her detailed headboard when it folds over and breaks apart and she gets sucked into the closet of doom. This part made kids scared of closets everywhere. I was already scared of mine. It looks before I saw this CGI. I don't know what you would call it when she gets sucked in in this closet. Was I'm not sure that I've laughable. Ever been, I've never had. I don't think I've had the closet pho- phobia ever. You don't I haven't. I don't what? think I have. Mm-mm. I've always felt like somebody was in there. Always For me, like it's been under the bed or months. it's out my window, outside the window, the bed, yeah. and it's all of them. Under the bed scares me sometimes to this day. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a scared person. Everything in this room has now been sucked into the closet. Stephen finally gets Robbie out of the tree as they fall to the ground. The tree starts to uproot itself, wrapping a root around Robbie's leg and pulling him back. And Dad is holding on to Robbie's arms as he partakes in a tug of war with this tree. Poor Robbie. Dude, I told you this kid (laughs) is having a rough time. Diane's still hanging on to this pole. The wind has really picked up now, and it rips this tree up out of the ground and hauls it into the sky. Finally. It's at this time. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, whenever they fell out of the tree, they, like, really hit the ground. Yeah. Him and the dad. Uh, It's at this time Dana finds her way outside, pointing to the sky, and says, Look, Mom, Dad, it's a tornado. Like, they haven't just lived the shit outside. Yeah. Like, she just comes out, look, Mom. I think in the screenplay, it just showed her saying that right at the end. And they didn't show the tornado at all. Yeah. Which, to me, may have been better. Yeah. Because it was really goofy. Yeah. Off of the distance, there's a black tornado dissipating back into the sky. 
Diane says it must have just skimmed us. There wouldn't be a house left if... Then Stephen remembers. Carol Ann. They left her upstairs alone. They all race back upstairs, open the bedroom door, and find her room is completely empty. The beds are stacked upright against the closet door, and everyone runs in, removing the furniture from the closet. Diane just keeps saying, baby, we're coming. Robbie stands in the doorway. Nobody gives a fuck about him anymore. Looking (laughs) very much so in shock, covered in mud sludge. He takes a couple shuffled steps in. Stephen and Diane are now just throwing random shit out of the closet at Dana, who's trying to catch it and throw it out of the way. I feel like she's in the way. Yeah. They finally get to a blanketed body sitting propped up against the closet wall. Diane starts sobbing and uh, she. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She starts sobbing and her husband kneels down on the floor to uncover Carol Ann only to find that creepy ass clown. Diane starts laughing now. Dana says, I'll go check the kitchen. Steven stands up saying, no, I'll go check the kitchen. And climbs out of the closet, running past Dana, telling her to check her room. And they all leave Robbie after getting eaten by the tree. Everyone runs out of the room past a very disheveled looking Robbie. And Robbie is just stuck staring at a small toy robot. That is now moving on its own and laughing. That was so creepy. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is running through the house looking for Carol Ann, calling her name with no luck. Diane makes her way into her bedroom. She sees a small stuffed toy on the floor and looks under the bed and finds nothing. Stephen runs in telling her he's looked everywhere and Diane looks up like she's had an epiphany. She says, oh, God, the swimming pool. Stephen, Diane, and Dana now run outside to this mud pit of a backyard. It's still raining. Diane tells Stephen to be careful as he just jumps right into this mud pit. Oh, I liked that dive that he did, and it made me laugh. (laughs) In the deep end of the pool, he looked like he was going to do one of those uh, wrestling moves. (laughs) Like, when they jump an elbow. Yeah. (laughs) So, I noticed whenever they started getting Robbie, there was no water in the pool. Oh, I didn't notice that. now it's got water. Yeah, it was raining really hard. It's raining. It rains. I thought I had a notice. Six inches. (laughs) In one minute. (laughs) Go me. (laughs) Robbie is alone in the house, just wandering around. He shuffles into his parents' room. He hears a whispering chatter, and the TV is still on the static channel. He can hear Carol Ann faintly screaming, Mommy. Mom. 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 (laughs) This part made me think (laughs) of... um, what was it? Oh, what's that show? With when the, he just keeps squeaking. The cartoon fat guy. Mm, there's a lot. Family guy? Family guy. Mom. Mommy. Mom. Mom. mom, mom I like how you speak, mom, Andrea. Mommy. I do. Mommy. Oh, yeah. She knows. <laughs> it's been... We've known each other, what, 15 years? Yeah. He's slowly looking around the room. He sees nothing. Uh, Steven is out in the swimming pool, diving under and swimming around, also finding nothing. 
Robbie's in the house repeating mom over and over again, getting louder until he's screaming it. And everyone outside hears him. I remember this part, sorry. Diane runs in, finding him standing in front of his parents' bedroom. Uh, TV. Yeah, that's all I can say. Yeah. (laughs) Where we can still hear Carol Ann screaming for her mommy. Diane walks in saying, oh, thank God, baby. She starts looking around the room for her daughter. She says, baby, where are you? And Robbie starts screaming at her, come over here. She runs to him asking, what, what, what is it? (laughs) Grabbing him face to face, Robbie just repeats, Carol Ann, Carol Ann. Carol Ann's faintly heard saying, mommy, I can't see you. Mommy, where are you? And it's at this time, Diane and Robbie slowly look over at the TV. Carol Ann's still hollering for her mommy, saying she can't see her. Diane lifts her hand and slowly reaches out towards the TV and touches a solid screen with a shaky hand. I thought her hand was going to go in the TV at the time. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to see. That would have been cool. Yeah. I thought she got sucked into the TV. That's what I remembered. That would have been great. Before I watched it this last time. That's yeah. what I had remembered. It's just like she reaches out. I wanted something to fucking happen. Mm-hmm. It's now the next day. It looks like a beautiful, sunshiny California day, and all is well. Stephen is at what looks like a college campus. He's meeting with a group of quirky people in the Department of Popular Beliefs, Superstitions, and Parapsychology. He's telling them about his family, saying Diane's 32, Dana is 16. I had made a note that meant... Diane had her at 16, but you said she's her stepdaughter, so that's that. Robert is eight. Carol Ann is five. The woman, Dr. Lesh, asks if he's welcome to a serious investigation of these disturbances by someone who can make firsthand observations. Stephen says they don't care about the disturbances. The camera starts to close in on his face, and we can see he's smoking. I didn't see him smoke before this, but he's smoking. He has very dark circles under his eyes, and he hasn't shaved. Overall, he looks like shit. So I saw he made some kind of comment about we don't go up there anymore. He said some things that made it sound like it had been a while Mm -hmm. since it happened. And in the screenplay, it said that it had been three days. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did say it was the next day, but who really knows? It doesn't say, I mean, you'd really have no reference of time here. They don't say. Okay. The, he says the pounding and the flashing, the screaming, the music, I just want you to find my little girl, meaning he didn't care about any of that. The investigators are taking a tour of the house now. Stephen warns them that he keeps the kids' room locked off from the rest of the house, and Robbie is now sleeping with them. I thought it was so interesting that they didn't go to the police I was at about to all. say, like, what, what, where are the cops? Yeah. They didn't call There's them. a child missing. They didn't call him. he yeah. said. We didn't even go to the cops. Uh-uh. I mean, so they I can't had- do anything, but, like... How do you, what do you even call your kid's school with? Well, he told work they had the flu, so I guess that's what they're going with. So I had some notes on the dad. Okay. That is Craig T. Nelson. Coach. 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 I used to watch that. Was it good? I thought it was Uh supposed to be funny. Um, He's on Young Sheldon, that TV show. He's Bob on The Incredibles. 
Doesn't he? He's no. on. Uh, I didn't know that. He's I on didn't Parenthood know that. too. Huh? But I can. Yes, I see I that now because you know how it. they kind of look a little bit, which is like surprising. Yeah, I don't like bit. shows like that. I heard it was really good. It was, but yeah, it, it fit whenever I saw yeah, it. That my was dad used to watch Coach. I just remember the big, tall, goofy guy. He was in Poltergeist Two: The Devil's Advocate. He and the mom on here were in Stir Crazy together, that movie with Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. I love those two. He was also on Diary of a Teenage Hitchhiker a couple years before this movie with the Dana girl. Um, What two comedians do you think now would be like similar to those two? Oh, I don't know. I love them. Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. I know. Like which two? Like there was a time where it was like Tommy Boy... And the other guy, Chris Farley and David Spade. Yeah, but currently, who would nobody? Be? I don't know. I don't know. I'm very picky. It would take me a while to think of who I would hold up to that. It Kevin would have Hart. to be Kevin Hart and The Rock. The mm. Rock. <laughs> They're like besties, though. Oh, they yeah. really are. Yeah, they so, are funny, but it's more. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not the same. Someone will come along. Yeah. If I, I need, think hard I need someone to fill this role for me. I'm trying to even think of something funny that I've watched recently. I need two funny best friends. Yeah. Living their best life. I don't know. I don't know. Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> They're their own. <laughs> That's not. Yeah. No. I don't know. Up. No. Uh, I don't know. No. They used to be funnier to me than they are now. There's two dudes from... I'm not even going to say it because I don't even know the name of the fucking movie and I might be able to describe it and I might not, but where the two girls con their way into going on vacation with those two dudes, one of them ends up fucked up on shrooms or something out with the horses. I can't remember. But you know those two guys in that one? I feel like them two are trying to do something like that. I can't like remember that. his name. He's yeah. funny though. Yeah. The dude, he was on Pitch Perfect too, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, like I don't Pitch know. Pitch Perfect. Me too. A lot. I love musicals. <laughs> I do not, but I liked that one. You love musicals? I do. She does. Why did I not know this? Dude, it's bad. She <laughs> is She is such a chick. She is more of a chick than I will ever be. And she doesn't cry. Be. You want to watch no. a musical and chick flicks, but you don't want to cry. Yeah. Mm. She will cry, but you will never see her cry. Mm. Nope. That's my goal now. She does cry, though. <laughs> she cry cries. <laughs> but she... she I, cry on, I cried on uh, Marley and Me. She's a lady. She likes the musicals and the rom-coms and the... Shopping. Shopping. I love that shopping. That is true. And she's turned into a basic coffee bitch, so... Shut up! With her... Flavored coffee every now. Day. She never Duncan. even drank coffee. I don't even know what the fuck is happening. It's your like, I don't even know who I didn't I drink married. Coffee. You had coffee every. You have coffee <laughs> several times a day. I At some point, I was going to pick up day. the habit of coffee. Yes. Uh, Robbie runs in the living room at this time with a huge bruise across his face. I guess that was from his. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Time with the. Oh, yeah. No, it was a huge purple thing across his cheek. Steven's walking. Uh, this is probably why they haven't called the cops. Because <laughs> their kid looks fucked up. I got eaten up. by a tree. Got eaten by and a tree. another one is missing. She, like, she went into the portal in the closet. in the back. Yeah, that wouldn't go And now we well. talk to her through the TV. Yes. 
<laughs> right? That wouldn't go well. What's that bruise on your face from? Steven. I got eaten by a tree. <laughs> the tree ate me. Steven, my, ki- my parents smoke weed. This is why. All this yeah. Happened. And you can tell, like, this family is really starting to fall apart. Um, not only is Steven now smoking cigarettes, he's also drinking his Budweiser. I, I don't saw. know if you noticed the placement of that can in no. his hand. It was straight out Budweiser as I he's didn't. standing on the stage. I was too busy looking at how Robbie had a giant Connects toy. I didn't know what the fuck that was, but it I was, was just like, Connects? get it out of my face. No one huge. wants him around. He, was he has just to make like himself this. busy. He was this oh, no, this was in just in the background. Yes, I don't know. And did y'all see in their living room that giant tree? It was like a house plant that grew. Oh, the that grew around tall. the thing. <laughs> yes, I did see that. I didn't know if that was part of the other tree growing in. These are the important things that I noticed. Yes. Okay, Stephen's walking up the stairs while drinking his Budweiser and continues to tell them that Dana spends as much time away as she can with friends. They want to know how many disturbances they've recorded in the room, and Stephen says, "We don't go in the room anymore." This crew is talking about other phenomenons they've recorded, one being a small matchbox toy phenomenon that rolled seven feet across the linoleum during a seven-hour duration. I loved that brag. Stephen just looks at them unimpressed <laughs> as he unlocks the bedroom and opens the door on utter fucking chaos. Shit is flying around everywhere. One of the beds is spinning in the middle of the floor and a bright white light. A light force is coming from the wide open closet. All of this stuff is flying um, in slow motion directly in front of the door for their viewing pleasure, like showing off. A lamp even reassembles itself, then turns itself on. A book flaps at them in their face, and they just stare in astonishment. Like a bird. It was like a bird. Yes. Now congregated around the table, drinking tea, maybe coffee. Diane tells the investigators how no one has been sleeping much and Stephen has missed so much work. She asks how long they've been investigating haunted houses. The doctor goes on to answer that it's not easy to determine if a house is haunted. Just then, the tea slash coffee carafe slides across the table And she corrects herself by saying, very well may be a poltergeist intrusion instead of a classic haunting. The lights start flickering and the crew is astonished. Another doctor tells them poltergeist intrusions can go on for a couple months. Hauntings of houses can go on for years. Diane perks up asking, so this could just end any moment? She guess she doesn't want that. I don't know. She's loving it. She yeah, really she is. She looks she's very good. Chill as fuck. As long as you're leaving her kids alone, she's smiling about it. She Her makeup is done, and she looks very put together <laughs> for your five-year-old to be missing in the Steven house. Steven looks like yeah. death. Dad yes. looks like shit. They say, yes, it could, unless it's a haunting. Diane's has the TV set up in the living room on the static channel. The investigators have their equipment set up. Diane tells them this is the best channel to talk to her, and they are attempting to make contact with Carol Ann. The dog starts standing and whimpering in the dining area, and it's barking at the ceiling. Diane's asking if Carol Ann can say hello to Daddy, and we can faintly hear a static voice say, Hello, Daddy. (laughs) 
Steven says, hello, sweet pea. Before turning off a lamp, the investigators all run in front of the TV. Diane's telling Carol Ann, hello, baby, and asks, can you see mommy? Carol Ann says, where are you, mommy? I can't see you. Diane asks her to find her way home to them, and Carol Ann says she can't. She can't find her way. She's afraid of the light. The doctor tells Diane to tell her to stay away from the light. Diane says maybe it's a way out, but the doctor says it may be a way out, but not for her. Diane tells her to stay away from the light. Don't even look at the light. The guys are looking all behind this TV trying to figure this shit out, and one says it's not a hoax. Just then a portal opens in the ceiling. A bunch of random dusty-looking jewelry starts raining down in a neat pile on the floor. And Carol Ann then says, Mommy, there's someone here. Steven picks up Robbie and says, No, it's not Mommy. Oh, she asks if Mommy's here. My goodness. I don't know. I don't know. I added some extra words in there. Unnecessary. <laughs> he asks Dr. Lesh who it is. Then Carol Ann starts crying for their help. Diane starts running around in a panic. I truly can't even fucking imagine talking to my kid through the TV. Mm -mm. She runs to the TV trying to calm Carol Ann, then screams, you bastard. She's just a baby. She runs to Dr. Lesh asking her to help her. Stephen runs over to Diane to calm her and tells her to listen. Carol Ann sounds like she's moving through the house now as she screams, get away from me, leave me alone, then screams, help me, mommy, as it sounds like she's being carried away. Diane approaches the base of the stairs and gasps as if this brief, brief wind gust hits her in the face. She turns, faces everyone, and says, she just moved through me. She starts laughing, saying, I felt her, I can smell her, it's her. She's all over me, and she's running around making everyone smell her scarf. I'm wondering how she had that strong of a smell. Dude, I don't know. She was just like, it's her, smell her, smell her. Yeah. <laughs> just then, there's a low growl from upstairs. A wind picks up in the room. The growl gets louder, and Carol Ann starts screaming for her mommy. There's a loud roar and a heavy gust of wind from upstairs that sends everyone flying back. Diane runs to the TV saying she can't hear her anymore. Everyone starts getting up from their fallen positions and Dana runs back to get away from the TV. Dr. Lesh wants to know where, where Carol Ann was playing when she vanished from sight. Diane says her bedroom closet. She was not playing. In her no, that bothered closet. me that they said that. Dr. Lesh turns to head that way and Stephen tells her they won't let you in. The doc and Dr. Lesh responds, we'll just see about that. She starts to head up the stairs when one of the investigators comes running from upstairs. He said he was about to check out the kid's room when it felt like something took a bite out of him. He lifts up his shirt and sure enough, he has what looks like a huge bite mark that covers the entire side of his torso. Dr. Lesh takes a look and says, I think we'll spend the night downstairs. I think that's wise. Yeah. Steven In says, the screenplay, she said, let's have a slumber party in the living room. Oh. I thought that was funny. That would be fun. 
awkward but fun. Yeah. <laughs> With the ghosts. Let's yes. have a slumber party. It'd be better than spending the night up in the kids' room. I would not. Spending the night. <laughs> okay, Stephen says wrong. He goes to Diane, tells her he wants her to take Dana and Robbie and go into town. But Diane is not leaving without Carol Ann. Dana's crying, saying she can't stay there. She's going to Lisa's place. Get out of here. I think they should have sent both kids away immediately. Yeah, like Robbie can't go to Lisa's place. Yeah, Robbie stays a long time. Have a convert. Leave him at the pork and beans house. <laughs> like anything. Something. Okay, poor Robbie just looks scared. The investigators are now set up downstairs and they're discussing the phenomenon. They say this goes beyond any creaking doors or cold spots I've ever experienced, but no one wants to go upstairs. They start talking outer space, inner space. Ryan says if that's the way out, then maybe somewhere in this house there's a way in. They all look up, and Diane partakes in a pleasant conversation with Dr. Lesh. She talks about how embarrassed she is. The doctor tells her that no one masters in parapsychology. She's actually a professional psychologist who spent most of her time engaged in this ghostly hobby. They share a swig off of booze. I don't know what they're drinking. And they have a laugh about how terrified the doctor was when she was trying not to shake her hands. I thought that was an interesting conversation with everything happening. It was just happening. so weird. Diane it's makes like fun of her. just a pleasant little, she's fine with everything. <laughs> Robbie then asks, if I got killed, would I come back as a ghost and get stuck in the house like my sister? Diane says, your sister isn't dead, Robbie. Robbie asks, if I got killed, could I visit her and show her how to get back here? You could tie a rope around me and hold it tight. Then somebody could come and get us and we could go live somewhere else. At this point, they need to get him out. He's ready to die to find her. From the mouths of babes. He needs some serious talking to. (laughs) Steven's listening to all of this and they start having a heavier conversation about heaven and souls. And some people don't know they are dead. They get lost, and some get angry and throw tantrums. Diane tells Robbie how excited Grandma is that he's coming to stay with her and how she's got a lot of things planned for them to do. Way to redirect, Mom. (laughs) Robbie says he's going to take Ebuzz with him, then tells everyone good night, even Carol Ann. The investigators are up watching their screens, Everyone's sleeping. Uh, One of them takes off to the kitchen to get something to eat. He's gathering random things in the kitchen with a chicken leg in his mouth. The whole time, he starts to hear a squelching sound when he turns around to see a steak sliding across the counter before it starts to erupt meat. That's so gross. Did he throw that steak just on the counter? Was it on a plate? It was just on the counter? I think he just threw it on the counter. And it really looked like a rubber steak when he pulled it It out of the fridge. (laughs) Uh, He spits out his chicken, looks down at it with the flashlight, and see it's covered in maggots. He runs to the bathroom to dry heave and wash his face, and the light in the bathroom starts to change. It's giving off a high-pitched sound. This dude's face starts to look like it's melting when he looks in the mirror as if the light above is cooking him. 
Blood starts falling into the sink, and you can tell this guy's face is no longer real. He starts tearing at his face, ripping off chunks at a time, and there's a bright flash of light, and his face is back to normal. So that scared me. Hands that pulled apart his face was Steven Spielberg's hands. I know. You could tell. I wanted to say, like, his hands were at an awkward angle. Yeah, it was not the best of that. It's still really cool and fun yeah. looking, but not real. Looking. No. And he said it was because they only had the one mask and he didn't want to mess it up. Oh. So Steven Spielberg had to rip the mask off. I don't course. blame him. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Um, of course he did. That but was... he wasn't really there directing or anything. Yeah. Steven. <laughs> So. <laughs> these, uh, but that's none of my business. Yeah, you know this movie was rated PG. Uh huh. Yeah. So this, and then some of like the Temple of Doom scenes and Gremlin is what made them bring about PG thirteen because they didn't think it was bad enough for R, but it also wasn't PG. The other investigators set up at the bottom of the stairs drawing when some of the equipment starts up. He's got his headset on so he doesn't realize when cameras start moving on their own to face the top of the stairs. There's smoke coming from upstairs and a door opens with a bright light. Face Melters making his way back out of the kitchen when he sees what's going on at the top of the stairs. He gets Ryan's attention, and they both stare at this light being light being moving at the top of the stairs, and it starts to form into an angelic-looking creature as it floats down the stairs. There's, like, orbs and stuff around it. Uh, it's waking everyone up. It's surrounded by these white orbs floating around, and Stephen runs to hold Diane and Robbie and ask, what is it? As it's still floating towards them, just then the wind swirls and this thing zaps into the ceiling. Dr. Lush just wants the footage rolled back to see if they caught the recording. I think Robbie says, is that our house? Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's your house. When they play it back slowly, they see all those light orbs were people. It's now the next day. Robbie is picking up or being picked up in a cab to head to grandma's and poor Diane just looks broken. Dr. Lesh is telling them some of the jewelry is a hundred years old and some is only a few years old. Diane's been crying. She offers the flask of booze to the doctor and Dr. Lesh tells her she's leaving. She's leaving Ryan there with her, but Marty will not be coming back. She says she will be coming back and she's going to bring help. Diane hugs her and tells her thank you. Steve's boss showed up at the house and the guys in the office have been worried about him. He tells him he looks like shit. Steve says he's still weak. He's got the flu and he can't get up. Boss man starts looking around the living space and says looks like you've got some cable problems when he sees the static TV. Steve grabs the man's shoulder when the piano behind him starts to move. Steve says the cable's been out a couple of months, and he ushers this man out of the house. I thought that was hilarious when all the stuff in the Mm -hmm. house starts going haywire with him in there. And it's like, why? Just why? When you want other people to know, like, just. I don't know. He's he's hiding it. But he's also, he's got to sell houses in that neighborhood. Oh, maybe that's it. So I get it. Like. 
safe you know? face. I feel like if somebody told me they had the flu and I'm standing in their house, oh, I would be yeah. out yeah. immediately. Not doing it. Get away from me. Boss man says they have some electrical problems as well because this light just brightened up as he got out there. Um, he says that he's happy. He asked if he's happy there with all that equipment in his living room. He's worried he has something on the side. Steve says he just reads Popular Mechanics, which still comes out, by the way. So the boss guy is Mr. Teague. Uh-huh. He is James Karen. He passed away at 94 in 2018. His acting credits started in the 50s. He did all these commercials for Pathmark, a supermarket chain, like thousands of commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after he filmed a bad character on Little House on the Prairie, a bunch of people wrote to the supermarket and complained about him. Oh, my God. Like a sample letter from Veronica Tresca of New Jersey. She said, I always liked the man you have in your commercials. But after what he did to the little town of Walnut Grove. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Walnut Grove. I couldn't believe it. I don't see how I can continue to shop at Pathmark after what your spokesman did to those innocent people. I guess I'll have to go back to ShopRite even though I like your stores better. I still can't believe you'd let him do that. People are so <laughs> disassociated to reality. But he wrote these people back because it was such a good gig. He would do... 30 second commercials for he would do like 20 of them and uh-huh. he personally wrote people and called them to fix this that's crazy that's he, too much he was also in um return of the living dead too he played ed i don't know why he looks like a military man to me he kind of looks like the guy from full metal jacket that's, i think is yeah. what it is um in return of the living dead he played frank i only remember that one i don't remember the second one um so in Let's see. His last movie, his name was Frank Teague. Teague is from this movie. Yeah. And then Frank is from The Return of the Living Dead. Okay. The movie was called Cynthia. It looks really bizarre. But I thought that was cool how they reused Mm -hmm. the name of his names, put them together to make his character. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. Boss man asks Steve to take a ride. He's got something to show him. Diane's back in the house, cleaning up, doing mom things. She stops by the kid's room to knock on the door and say hello before opening it to instant screaming and chaos. She quickly closes the door and cries an apology. Boss man's hiking Stephen up the side of the hill when he mentions how Carol Ann was actually born in their house. He knows she's missed a lot of school because another co-worker's kid is in the same class. This nosy fuck. Like, yeah. And ask if she has the flu as well. Mr. Teague is offering Stephen a house on the hill in phase five. They want to make him a partner. As the camera pans around, we can see this prime real estate will be located in a cemetery. Bossman said they've already made plans to have the bodies moved. And Stephen asks if that's sacrilegious. Mr. Teague says they're just people besides we've done it before steven asks when he says in 76 right down there and he's pointing to the valley steven asks cuesta verde all 300 acres teak says five minutes away to see their loved ones in rockford park 
Stephen says, five minutes? That's not too much of a hardship. Stephen is worried about complaints. And Teague says, no one has complained until now. Back in the home, the investigators are now touring the house with Tangina. So in the script before Tangina comes, Dr. Lesh went back to college and she met with this guy, Dr. Farrow, and they showed all these videos to a bunch of people as proof of what happened. And he said that they were too graphic. They weren't ready. And they kind of discuss everything. And he talks about one of the pieces, how strange it is, because it's not jewelry. It is a clip for a mortician that they use to clip the jaw shut so it doesn't prop, pop back open. That's morbid. Yeah. So they cut that out, I guess. Tangina comes in the house, runs up the stairs, and everyone else just stays downstairs. No one's concerned about her well-being at all, I don't guess. Dr. Lesh tells Stephen she's cleaned many houses, but he looks skeptical. Diane says they haven't heard Carol Ann since last night. Tangina asks from upstairs, why is this door locked, Mr. Freeling? No one answers her. She comes to the stairs saying, I am addressing the living. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> He tells her that's the kids' room. Dr. Tesh tells her they think it's the heart of the house. Tangina says this house has many hearts. I saw in the notes where it said that that was kind of funny because there really is hearts, like, placed all over the house. Oh, I didn't like, see that. Like, there's a lot that's of cool. heart-shaped things. I thought they were referencing all the dead people, but, you know. I guess um, I thought it was, like, the Apparently, there center. was just a whole bunch of heart-shaped things in the house, like, all over the house. <laughs> That's cool. So I don't know if she was just making a funny or what. So, <laughs> this lady is Zelda Rubenstein. Like, couldn't she just go with Zelda for the movie? Yeah, that seemed like a good name. Yeah, Tangina is that such works. a strange name. That is so strange. So she is four foot three. Of we course know she is. Everybody's wondering. I'm a couple inches shorter than you. She's passed away in 2010. That is a whole foot shorter than you. <laughs> just a couple inches. She passed away in 2010. She was in Poltergeist 2 and Poltergeist 3. She was on that movie, Behind the Mask, the Leslie Vernon story. If y'all haven't seen it, it's a good movie. No, I don't think I have. Um, in a movie called Good Trip, she played Madame Zeldarina. Just do it already. Good <laughs> she, God. She was in The Addams Family as a party goer. She was in Teen Witch as, as Madame... As a party goer? That's what it what said. she doing? She was in Teen Witch as Madame Serena. She was the organist on 16 Candles. So she didn't start out acting at the age of 45. She quit her job as a lab tech to do something less mundane. Well... And in her last years, she narrated... And hosted with uh, Linda Blair TV scariest places on earth. See, I oh, always I joke. That. Yeah, I always joke that I'm too old to be a stripper. I like that show. No, nope. but she was 45. You got a couple more years to change. Your I life. might not be too old to be an actress. That's right. <laughs> Go act like a stripper in a movie. She was also the voice um, in the Skittles commercials that taste the rainbow. Huh thing i was so i'm so dumb i was about to ask if she was the green m&m <laughs> that's close you said she was in the skittles commercial i was like is she the green m&m so speaking of skittles i listened to another podcast did you know 
that they're not different. They say flavors. that, but I don't I don't believe that. that. That's a lie. I didn't know. Those I don't lies. believe that. That there are different smells and the smell and we're gonna get some Skittles. I, I meant to get some and But how it. is it a smell and not Skittles, a taste? Apparently. It just it does it with your nose. No. If you plug your nose and taste them, they all taste the same. I mean that's why COVID sucks because you can't smell so you can't taste. But yeah. if you can smell it, you can taste it. It was cheaper to keep so them they're all different. the same flavor. And they're just, still different flavors. the same flavor. If you change the smell, you change the flavor. That's what they say. I'm going to go see if I have some Skittles in a little while. And we'll try. This debate. That Reddit. Let's go. We're going to have to get on a Reddit debate. I'm not going to get on a Reddit debate. <laughs> it's just not true. It's and probably 50 things long. <laughs> another weird thing that happened during the filming was uh, Zelda Rubenstein during Poltergeist 3 she was doing a photo shoot and she paused and lurched and the director gary sherman asked her what was wrong she said i don't know it's just a jolt i'm fine several minutes later he pulled her aside to tell her they would have to let her go from the film her mother had just died oh shit after developing the film from the photo shoot every photo had come out fine except for one which had an inexplicable cloud of light clouding into the photo from her left, covering her with a semi-transparent haze. That's creepy. She said she knew the jolt must have been from her mother's passing because they'd always had a really strong bond. Oh, so that was sweet. That is sweet. Stephen said he was trying to answer her with his mind, but she couldn't hear him. He asked the doctor, I thought you said this woman was an extraordinary clairvoyant. Tangina from upstairs says, I am. I just don't like trick answers. Ooh. Faced. I was going to say. <laughs> do you Tan- have any jokes? <laughs> oh, I do have a joke. Okay. So, why are there only 239 beans in Irish bean soup? I'm sorry. How many beans? 239. Does it matter? And who's counting these beans? <laughs> Why? Because one more would make it too farty. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for it. That's good. That's too much. Okay. That's so one bean too much. <laughs> I also have a new segment called faking emails that we didn't really get. Oh, yes. Please, please do these. I love these. So. Someone wanted to know, do you wipe down the toilet seat before you sit down in public? Yes. Or do you just squat? It depends on if there's shit on it or not. Yeah. If there's you don't wipe it down every time. No, I don't wipe it down every time. Mm -mm. Let me say it depends on where I'm at. Like if I'm at work, I don't. But if if it looks wet or disgusting, like sometimes I just move on. But sometimes you have no choice. Oh, you move on to the next one. Yes. Someone emailed and wanted to know. How often Joelle clips coupons? <laughs> I don't. The only coupon I clip is the five dollar one for Dollar General. Oh no, you you normally do your download coupons, don't you? I don't even do that anymore. Um, I kind of do. I know like you kept Kroger. up with the dollar store ones. Yeah, I, I kind of do Kroger a little bit, but dude, I, I saved twenty dollars the other day at Kroger's. Though I, I got really, a bunch of free stuff. They'll have good like ones, Oreos and shit. But like actually clipping coupons, I just throw them away now. Mm. It just makes me buy more stuff to clip the coupons. Um, not always. I don't know. When you get the coupons of stuff you actually use, those are good. You're saving money. Yeah, that was a good question, Crystal. Yeah, it wasn't me. It was Fred. Fred. 
did that. Fred Fred. 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 Wow. Fred, Fred. That is a really good name. Did you think of that just now? Fred Fred. I got you. Got <laughs> That's you. what I call my dog. <laughs> Fred Fred. Fred Fred. It depends on what he does. That's that very cute. On his name. Frederick is when he's bad. There's Frederick James. And Frederick. what does he do that's bad? How could a dog be bad? He ignores oh. me. Oh, oh yeah. I'm like, hey, let's go inside, buddy. Yeah. He just stares at me like he gets mad if we oh, love it's on each purpose. other. Like if we love on if each other, we hug other, each other. He gets, he gets mad, mad and, and puts himself in the middle. He'll go pout in the closet. It's pretty cute. <laughs> when does his calendar come out? I don't know. We need to get it. Uh, they said that it's available, and you didn't get it yet. We're gonna have to share it. Everybody can have a Freddy calendar. That's right. We can give them away for Christmas. The calendar featuring Freddy is done. Oh yay! Everybody get your calendar. Everyone's getting a calendar for Christmas. PraiseMyPet.com. What month is he? I don't know. It didn't tell me. We're going to have to get one and see. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only way we're going to be able to see We get a coupon. All right. Tangina says, come here, honey, and give me your hand. (laughs) Diane walks over and Tangina says, come down here. You're going to give me whiplash looking up at you. (laughs) Come down here. You're going to give me whiplash looking up at you. I really wish she was in this movie way sooner. I like her. I love her. Your daughter is alive and in this house. The point of origin is in the child's closet upstairs. The ghosts are attached to Carol Ann's life force. The souls are not aware that they have passed on. They must pass through the spectral light to move on. Carol Ann has to help them cross over and she will only hear her mother's voice. A terrible presence is in there with terrible. her. Terrible. 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 It keeps her close to it and away from the spectral light. Now let's go get your daughter. Diane starts calling out to Carol Ann, and Tangina tells Stephen to make Carol Ann answer her. Him. Stephen says to answer, or she's going to get a real spanking. That was intense. <laughs> yeah. They're like, get her to answer it. Get her to answer you. Carol Ann starts calling out Mommy. Tangina says Carol Ann needs to go to the light. Mommy is in the light. Tangina tells them to clear their minds. It knows what scares them. So now she has to go to the light. Yeah. And yeah, that was confusing. Don't go to the light. To, trying to get her to go to the light, I believe, to get the rest of the souls to move on. But she's not to go into the light. She just they just want to her to get them to the follow light. you. That's what I wanted to know. They open Carol Ann's door and there are flashing lights, uh, strobe lighting for the people with epilepsy. That might suck a little bit. <laughs> Tangina tells Ryan to go downstairs and wait by the target. And she throws one of the tennis balls through the portal and Ryan catches it downstairs. He's like, oh, it's my handwriting. And the first thing he did was smell it. It's covered in pink. Did you goo. see that? I didn't see him smell Do y'all, it. So what is that pink goo? I don't know. What is it? Ecto- is I it ectoplasm? D- I don't like it. Whatever it is. I thought it was all ectoplasm, isn't it? Probably. Did y'all ever read about ectoplasm? No. Yep. Do you want me to talk yes. about it? Yes. So we ectoplasm. Ghostbusters. Ectoplasm is not real ever at all. Never si- <laughs> Never been scientifically not real anything. Not ever, never. This is on the Wikipedia about ectoplasm. It was made up in 1894 by mediums. So if you go, you have got to go. Did you see the pictures? Yes. Yes. They were so fake and phony looking. (laughs) So they would use cheesecloth and gauze and like these weird looking puppets or dolls. Um, It's clearly fake when you look at the pictures now to us, but people did believe it. 
And like some of the things they would do to fool people would be like they would go in the dark or behind a curtain and people would hear gagging noises because I guess they would cough it up. See, this is why I grew up so fucking skeptical. (laughs) Because of shit like this. They would cough it up and they would drape it over themselves and have like the cloth hanging out of their mouth. How naive are people? They just believe all that. They were naive. Now, some people did. One guy did get caught. And like he was trying to like get the ectoplasm out and they caught him getting it out of his butt mm. <laughs> this is on the wikipedia that's what please I tell me it was coming out of his mouth next that's it came from butt to I mean, mouth it would have had to be burp, burp, burp. what he would be you would at least be touching it and then he got pink eye and then they all got pink eye <laughs> everybody tangina throws another ball and ryan catches it again she calls out to diane to give her her hand and they walk towards the light and Stephen <laughs> Stephen brings in the rope. Tangina tells Diane Did to tell Caroline not to go into the light. No, I took I took these notes while I was hung over. Yeah, I'm aware. So I cannot read them well. Mm-hmm. Oh. Stephen throws a rope into the light and Ryan gets the end of it. The rope is covered in pink goo. Tangina asked Diane to help her tie the rope around her waist. She's going to go in after her. And they argue about See, who's going to go Robbie into the light. Robbie had the plan down. Robbie had the plan. He knew to get a rope. He just didn't need to be dead to do it. That's right. <laughs> and they argue about who's going to go into the light. And uh, Tangina says, you've never done this before. And then Diane says, neither have you. And she was like, you're right. You go. Yeah, she gave up pretty quick, Tangina. Yeah. Her and Steven kiss before she goes. Like, this is just something you do on a Saturday night. Who the fuck has experience in this? Tangina. Yep. Tangina tells the souls to cross over. There's peace and serenity in the light. Steven pulls the rope and a giant skull pops out. Diane and Carol Ann fall out of the other portal downstairs covered in the same pink goo. Tangina tells them to get into the water. Everyone's getting birthed. Carol Ann opens her eyes and says, hi, daddy. Tangina says, this house is clean. (laughs) In the next scene, the family is packing up boxes. Diane is about to dye her gray streak. She starts some bath water. Robbie and Carol Ann are fighting over toys. They eventually fall asleep, and then Robbie wakes up to find the creepy clown doll is no longer in the chair. That part's fucking scary. He looks under the bed. That was the one part that made me jump. He looks under the bed. It's not there. And then he sits back up and it's right behind him and it wraps his creepy little clown arm around its neck and drags him under the bed. Diane is blow drying her hair. When she's done, she lies down. And then a visible, invisible force starts pulling her shirt up. Then she starts getting dragged up the wall and onto the ceiling. Robbie is still fighting the clown. The kid's closet door opens and the bright light is back. Closet door shuts and some sort of goo is coming out of the cracks robbie can't open the door diane tries to open it from the outside and she gets electrocuted so the ectoplasm is red jello and glycerin oh i did want to know that that is good to know all right some sort of white long-legged ghost appears in front of the door diane falls down the stairs and then she's just getting electrocuted left and right and thrown all over the place 
Carol Ann is just sitting up in bed staring. <laughs> These fucking kids, man. With her mouth just The way wide they handle open. shock. <laughs> Diane runs outside and starts screaming for the neighbor to help her, and she runs by the pool and fucking obviously falls into it, slides down to the bottom, comes out of the water, and there's a skeleton right behind her. Love it. So real human skeletons were used in the swimming pool scene since the crew decided it would be too complicated and expensive to get fake ones. Joe Beth Williams was not made aware of this until after the scene was finished. That would have made it really scary while you're filming. Dude. Would you be okay with that? No, I would be not like, well, ever. I have parasites all over me now. Not just for the for the gross ramifications, but for the ethical it said they purchased real oh, skeletons <laughs> from a medical supply company because yeah, it was see? much less cheaper than creating fake skeletons or purchasing pre-made skeleton replicas. Did you just say much less cheaper? That's that's the way it was written. Did it hurt you to say that? A little bit. It hurt me to hear it. Yeah. I loved it. This was in Vanity Fair. Williams told Vanity Fair, I don't know where they were bought from. Much less cheaper. (laughs) But that really grossed me out. The mud was made with peat, and it began to really stink after a day, and it smelled like dog poop. Oh, that does not sound great. At all. So the scene with the clown, with it um, choking Robbie... It said that the mechanical doll accomplished it way too well. The arms tightened to a dangerous degree, causing Oliver Robbins to yell out that he couldn't breathe. Hooper and Spielberg mistakenly thought he was just improvising a reaction scene. But when his face started to change color, they realized he was no longer acting and they had to pull it off to save his life. Nope. Hazard pay. (laughs) I want hazard pay. That was on (laughs) ScreenRant.com. Now skeletons are popping up everywhere in the pool. Coffins are coming out of the ground. She's trying to climb out of the pool pit, but it's raining, so it's muddy and slick. She falls back down with the skeletons. She climbs up a hose, and the neighbor uh, pulls her out. Ben. Ben. Piece of shit Ben. Piece of shit Ben. We're just calling on Bean Ben. Pulls her up the rest of the way, and Diane's screaming to help him, to, to help her, and then the wife is like, you're not going in there. Uh, Diane goes into the house to get her kids. She runs to the door and opens it. The closet is trying to suck them all in. Uh, I think that's the part where, is that the part where Carol Ann is like terrified? No, it was she, at the beginning. Twice, right? Okay. When they had the dummy. Uh, it looks like the, the inside of a throat or the inside of a colon. All right. One of the two. I'm assuming It's supposed a to be a throat. Okay. Mm-hmm. They all grab hands. And get out of the room. Stephen <laughs> arrives home with Mr. Teague, who is just standing open-mouthed like the rest. Coffins are coming out of the ground literally everywhere. I'm glad this man got to see this, though. Oh, yeah. He deserved it. Yeah. yeah. Stephen grabs Mr. Teague and says, you son of a bitch. You moved the cemetery but left the bodies, didn't you? That's mm. fucked. And they all get in the car. Dana arrives home with a big-ass hickey right on her neck. Love that. She, I don't even see her get into the car, but she's in the car at some point. Yeah. Do you think Dana's a lesbian? She's with a boy. Oh. I thought she was at Lisa's place. Well, she, yeah, but she <laughs> arrives in like a big old muscle car. Oh, okay. Unless Lisa is. Okay. Lisa. You know, Lisa's a little like me. Yeah. They all drive off and the house eats itself. That's the only way I can describe it. I'm not sure how it could be Described in another way. I have some notes on this house. Okay. Or if you're done with it. Hit it. Okay. The imploding house was a six foot wide model. 
It took four months to create. Thick wires were attached inside of the model and pulled into a funnel with the model placed over the funnel and the camera shooting downward. If something went awry, the model would have melted or burst into flames. Oh. And I, I had one. I saw that Stephen King, uh, <laughs> Steven Spielberg, I mean, still has it and it's worth 25 grand and it sits on top of his piano. That's fucking awesome. And the sound that you hear whenever the beast attacks the house is the MGM lion roar. Cool. Hmm. So the inspiration about the stuff with the um, bodies not being moved is from a real story in Denver, Colorado in the late 1800s. Dude, I was going to say, I remember this being a real thing. It was. Um, They expanded and there was a graveyard where they wanted to put a park over it. They wanted to do one like Central Park. They put out bids for the work. They went with the lowest bids. The lowest bidder, a third of the way through the project, the contractor realized he had seriously underbid the job, and he just started moving headstones. And when they were almost finished, the contractor's employees spilled the beans, and he was arrested, but the damage was done. They couldn't tear the buildings down, and it was left as it was. The park is named Cheeseman Park, and the graves are still there. Okay, so the family drives away. They arrive at the Holiday Inn looking disheveled. They walk inside. The door opens back up. Stephen rolls the TV outside into the rain and then roll credits. I would so, definitely push the TV outside. The Holiday Inn sign welcomed Dr. Fantasy and Friends. Producer Frank Marshall's stage name is Dr. Fantasy. Marshall does a little magic show at the end of every movie's production. Hmm. That's from mentalfloss.com. The theme music is known as Carol Ann's theme. It was originally titled Bless This House and was written like a lullaby as a contrast to the horror in the film. There are lyrics which can be found on the internet. Mm. That's I wonder what the lyrics are. They did one or so angelic. So in the development phase of Poltergeist, Drew Barrymore was heavily considered for the role of Carol Ann. Steven Spielberg ultimately decided on someone more angelic and cast... Heather O'Rourke. Instead, however, it was Barrymore's audition that led to her casting in E.T., which Spielberg made back-to-back with Poltergeist. Good choice. I agree. She was so cute in that movie. Joanna Cassidy, Susan Sarandon, and Tuesday Weld were also considered for the roles of Diane Freeling, but they also turned it down. I think Susan Sarandon would have been good. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. I could see She's her. She's good in everything. Yeah. So I read on um, IMBD that the ABC's 1985 network TV premiere, uh, Marty's hallucination is altered to where instead of him ripping his own face off, he sees his face rapidly deteriorate briefly. Hmm. Yeah, that was like that one part for the big scary scene. Yeah. Too scary for TV. It's a bad one. That's right. As far as the PG rating goes, uh, Spielberg lobbied for a PG rating. The MPAA initially gave Poltergeist an R rating. Spielberg told the MPAA board that he made PG movies, not R movies, and successfully got it changed. The PG-13 designation didn't exist until 1984. Yeah, they kind of reasoned, too, that... um He's just like, I don't fucking make our movies, okay? And they said that (laughs) it's not as scary because he imagines it. So it's not really happening to him. So it's not scary. 
Dude, that's like saying Friday the 13th isn't <laughs> scary because they dreamed it. Yeah. Like. It's some great reasoning, it's right? It's still terrifying. <laughs> I mean, I, I get they try to like laugh it up here and there. It has its moments, but it was a scary movie. Depending on your age, it could have really fucked oh, you I up. Oh, I would have been terrified as it a kid. It fucks me up. Yeah. So what's our next movie? Blade. What is happening over here in this corner? It's going to be great. I actually really like Blade. Me too. All right. Let's up, time it! Bye. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a review wherever you're listening to the podcast. Find us on Facebook so you can vote on the next movie every Tuesday and follow us on Instagram and TikTok so you can see clips and updates about the show.